making pancakes, making bacon pancakes. Take some bacon and I'll put it in a pancake. Bacon pancakes, that's what it's gonna make. Bacon pancakes. Bacon pancakes, making bacon pancakes. Take some bacon and I'll put it in a pancake. Bacon pancakes, that's what it's gonna make. Bacon I'm glad that that is a meme throughout the internet because it's a meme in my household. That was very quickly. I haven't even seen that episode. I just saw the clip oh, of the mashup not... of Jake. You haven't seen that? You bastard. I'm still in season two. You bastard. Stop doing all the dumb things you're doing and catch up with I Adventure Time. I am saving so much ra- uh, Adventure Time for Rainy Day, which I should not be worrying about that considering how much Adventure Time they're cranking out. Yeah. They just finished up it, a season. They yeah, skipped the week. Five and just season started. five just started. Yeah, motherfucker. Yeah, at this rate, there's going to be... I'll never be able to and catch up And Bravest Warriors time. is happening. Is I that good? Started. I haven't seen that yet. The first one was great. Was that? Oh, that's a web video. Are you, it that's is. That's what you were talking about last week. Yeah, yeah the first one was great. Yeah. Is it like it's still a Cartoon Network show? It's just posted. I, it internet? looks like it's web only. Yeah. It's a YouTube only show. Hold on, I got some gas paints. Oh, oh. The comic is also. Mic. I'm ignoring you now. The comic is also very good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, another Boom Studios comic. Very good. Very good. Actually, I saw the pilot online. Wasn't impressed. Pick up the um, comic just to support my bros at Boom Studios yeah. and. Uh, um, really liked the comic, and that made me watch the series. But then, granted, is there it's five character? minutes. It's five minutes. Each episode is five minutes. It's not a lot of time. time was, what, ten minutes? Uh, ten, about twelve, yeah. probably. Well, that's about Looney Tunes one. Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, Looney Tunes episode was, like, what, five Maybe to five, seven? six episodes. Or yeah. five, yeah, minutes. So, hey, guys, welcome to the Boy Howdy Podcast. If we're low energy this week, it's because, because Bill's soul is being sucked dry by his brand new Wii U. <laughs> Annie is colossally diseased. I have all She's diseases. still slugged through the rain from her, her house to my house to record the podcast. I am a mighty warrior. Yeah, you are the best It's warrior. all for you, the Boy Howdy Nation. Yeah. Annie just... All five of you. <laughs> hey, we I can it. name you all. Sid. Sid Grumpy Turtles. We love you guys. <laughs> Brian and his girlfriend having breakfast. <laughs> that's three. That's a lot. I can't even make. There's. Four. That's. That's it. There's between us and, our, and the people listening to this podcast. It is. It is. It is the same number of people who were in the Goonies. <laughs> Which makes me the chunk. My mom did tell podcast. me that she listens to the first fifteen minutes, even though I tell her not to. Of every episode. Of every episode. Oh, I don't know. I don't she's know gonna if that's know that true. you're diseased this week and that's think right. she, she raised well, you. Well, she knows. I talked to her on the phone. I gotta talk to her by night too. So. Well, the only reason you got sick is you got you got this new job digging graves. That's right. Uh huh. That's kind of weird. <laughs> I have no way to go for that joke. <laughs> what cemetery starts hiring? No, Bill, I've, I've been there long enough. They just gave me my five-year gold shovel. My favorite thing is when uh, cemeteries, they start hiring gravediggers around Christmas dressed like Santa. <laughs> just to really freak out kids. <laughs> and elves. No, there's one Santa and everybody else are the elves. That's how it works, right, Bill? We can't break reality oh, of Santa gravedigger. And when, when the kids, uh, when they're driving past the graveyard, the kids ask, what's going on? For you listening oh, to us. Oh, that's right. Thanksgiving. How's your Thanksgiving All four go? of our listeners. Assuming everyone who listens to us, which is not the truth, that we're all from the United States. That's right. How's Thanksgiving? I'm only thankful for our American listeners. All of our non-American... No, 
Okay. No, I had a very good Thanksgiving. And we have British listeners that drove us away from Britain to America. That's the only reason why we're thankful for anything. Because our grandfathers we, were like Puritan. I watched all of, my wife is very sweet. She turned on the parade for me. I watched all oh, of two man. minutes. Long enough to hear them say, the pilgrims represent freedom to all people. I... I have not watched the Macy's Day Parade since I moved from Pittsburgh. Because I used to watch that with my family. And so I have not watched that in like six or seven years. Oh, God. I forgot the Macy's Day Parade is racism. <laughs> it's racism. And just pure shitty commercialism. Because oh, every wet, float wet. is just a corporate sponsored. Yeah. Uh, you know, because you remember like the funny balloons. Like, Bill, have the old, Bill it's have the Kermit. Macy's Thanksgiving Parade. I know, I forgot like. Like, here's the Twinkies float. Oh, man, did you see the Sesame Street float? That was pretty low energy. Yeah. that was. They had Elmo there, but he was tucked way in the background. Uh, and this is, like, this is, what, like, the day after Kevin Clash was confirmed that he was actually leaving Sesame Street? Yeah. So it was kind of like, hey, Sesame Street, Thanksgiving. Yeah. Let's just go home and get the hell out of the public eye until next home year. Until the shit blows over, yeah. I watched it long enough to hear um, uh, Pilgrims Represent Freedom for Everyone and uh, Ed Asner looking very tired. Ed Asner's still alive? Yeah. He's apparently in a Broadway show right now. Whoa. And it was real. And also, what was funny was that the two hosts were it was a, a black guy and a white lady. And I just caught up on 30 Rock, and there was a joke on 30 Rock last season about uh, Jenna Maroney and uh, Tracy uh, Tracy Morgan co- hosting the Macy's. They may have been for... making fun specifically of that couple, because it's usually like Matt Lauer and the same couple. Who's yeah. the black guy from uh, NBC that everyone always makes fun of being for being fat? <laughs> I can't remember his name now. You made me feel bad. I'm not the him. Guy. He's the weather guy. He's the weather guy. The he's always show. on. Yeah, he's always doing Turkey Day shit. But anyway, but no, I was watching the Macy's Day Thanksgiving Parade, and they have all this shit with the. They have uh, always have musical acts. They always have like yeah excerpts from Broadway performances that are yeah. going on again, just advertising Broadway shit in New York. Um, I didn't realize. That's probably why I grew up hating musicals, because my only <laughs> real experience with musicals as a kid was the excerpts from the Macy's Day Parade yeah. of, like, here's Cats, here's five minutes of production yeah. of Cats, and that is the most terrible, it's a lip It is not a good indoctrination. Plays. Yeah. Like, can you even call it a play when it's Cats? Is that even technically a musical? <laughs> last, like year, just... last year was how I, I rem- was reminded me that Newsies is now a Broadway show. Can I make sure if Cats so still want to go see Lee Miz <laughs> in the theaters in no. December? No, Bill. Are they even done by the same guy? <laughs> no, they're is not. Is it like the Waltons? Who's the guy who made Fan of the Opera? Because I assume the guy who made Fan of the Opera is the same guy who did Mid- Lee Miz, who did Cats, who did... It's not all one dude. It's not Stephen Sondheim, just Stephen Sondheim's the shit. He's the guy who made me you start like musicals. Shit? He's awesome. By the way, Bill, that ding, that email ding that you tried to pin on me that just happened, it was not me, that motherfucker. That was on the other side of the room. Yeah, motherfucker. So, dear dear friend Jimmy, sweet Jimmy, said, oh man, I just heard that email notification on the Boy Hattie podcast and freaked me out. And Bill immediately goes, well, you should blame Annie. And he's like, pluck the beam from your own eye, motherfucker, before you go be looking at my splinter. That's that half of you on the other side of the room. That is- <laughs> My touch has actually started doing this weird thing where if it is not actively turned on, the internet turns off. You know what? We don't have to worry about me getting any phone calls because I washed my pants with my phone in it. Oh, in my you? pants last night. That's the first time in my life I've ever forgotten oh, to take Bill. something out of my pants before washing it. So it's my phone's drying right now as we speak. Oh, Bill. So, yeah. Oh, William. It's pooping. Anyway. Um, so, no, yeah. The, the parade, no, man. Did you stick around to see what was on after the parade? No. It was the goddamn dog show. 
Yeah. The National Kennel Club Dog Show. Is it always on Thanksgiving? I had no idea, but the funny thing is, like, the night before, I just watched Best in Show on a whim. I also watched Best in Show on a whim. And this is obviously... Uh, the, the dog show that, that, that they're making fun of. Yeah. It, show was it the Westminster dog show? It wasn't Westminster, but it was oh. in Philadelphia, which uh. that's, and it's the same, even like the graphics, yeah. it's like the national dog show to with be like fair, Bill, those... crappy CGI, like yeah. golden, uh, 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 award. It just, and like, even like the set dressing and the, everything for the dog show, this, I think this is specifically what they're making fun of. I always thought it was yeah. Westminster too, but I think Westminster is no, Westminster is in like April or something. Or something like that, but yeah, yeah but it was... So many cute dogs. The dog show. I am. I am. Uh, what's it called when you want to have babies and you just see babies all the time? You flip out. I'm, did I'll go did your biological dog. dog clock go off? Oh, went off big time. Even little toy dogs, which I usually hate. I was They're like, oh, that's hilarious. such a cute chihuahua. Oh, oh my god. Oh, they had the corgis. They had different corgis. I didn't realize it would let different breeds of corgis participate. So the well, there are two. There are two different types. Well, there's of the Welsh Pembroke and then there's the Japanese or whatever. <laughs> there's the, the, the data dogs. There's Pembroke Corgi and there's Cardigan Corgi. That's what it is. There's two both types. of those. And oh my god, it was just like the stupidest looking dogs. They're all great. Oh man, they had this fluffy husky, the happiest fluffy. Mm-hmm. It was a husky, but it was just had his coat that went poof. Yep. And it was just like ah, it was, it was so a husky happy that stuck his tongue in a socket. Yeah. It was just, <laughs> <laughs> like with its tongue rolling out of its mouth as it walked around, and uh, that was actually the best part of uh, uh, watching TV on Thanksgiving afternoon. Yeah. So yeah. See, I uh, fuck the parade. We I can't remember what we watched all morning. We just kind of I mean, it was great. Slept in. My wife and I came up with this thing a couple of years ago. We lived in a house with no oven to speak of, with like a tiny little oven, so we couldn't cook a bird in it. So I told Fully, oh, I'm back like, at the old place. Yeah, so we just moved out of. Yeah. yeah. So I told Fully years ago, I'm like, you know what I want? I want cafeteria school like yeah. uh, school food like uh turkey you know where when you have it and they'd plop it on your tray and it was usually they'd plop mashed potatoes first and then they'd plop just this goop that was just um shredded turkey in gravy and i'm like that's all that i want sounds fucking good so a couple years ago we started this thing where we just go out and get turkey cutlets and then just um she would sear each side in a pan and then caramelize an onion and then just pour the the gravy in and serve it and we have all these like quick, quick Thanksgiving things that we make. All of our Thanksgiving dinner takes about an hour. You to still make. did it this year too, yeah. even with the access to a real oven and everything. Yeah, yeah, because it was great. We Are still you have lots of leftovers. Like roast turkey fan? You weren't missing it that um, much. I mean, I like I like the ritual of turkey, but yeah. I really only like. Recipe. Well, that's what the whole point is. It's more rich ritual and. Fun. I miss I miss having a wishbone, and yeah. I miss being able to make soup afterwards. But that's so. I did the opposite. Where the the gang of people I usually hang out for Thanksgiving with, uh, plans with them fell through. Where everyone got pulled in different directions. Uh, Dylan and Katie, they wound up having dinner with Steve Lieber and all kinds of stuff like that. And uh, so instead of like going to anyone else's place for Thanksgiving this year, mm-hmm. this sounds like the saddest thing in the world, but I had Thanksgiving by myself. Mm-hmm. But I decided to have a Mudron family traditional Thanksgiving, which I haven't had since I left Pittsburgh. Yeah. Because, you know, when you have Thanksgiving with other people, yeah. you're you not going to make... Traditions. You might make one dish or something like that, but mm-hmm. you adhere to everyone else's traditions. I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm making a butterball baked turkey. Yeah. Not I'm not going to brine or do anything fancy like you do here in Portland. I'm mm-hmm. just going to like take a fucking... Just throw it in there. Just throw some butter and some garlic. And, like just, I, I filled it with so much thyme and basil and garlic. Yeah. Oh, so good. And, uh... Made garlic mashed potatoes, made a chocolate cream pie. For some reason, that was my family's default, like Thanksgiving dessert. Mm-hmm. My family was never big into fruit pies or anything yeah. like that. I made all this shit. It was fucking awesome. 
awesome. I watched the. I I, I got all that stuff, which is funny because I made all this stuff and I only like made like a single plate of food and I ate half of that before I was like, oh my god, I'm so full. But the big <laughs> thing is like I have all this turkey stuff left over. I can make turkey. Uh, my my dad's turkey noodle soup, which yeah. that's gonna be amazing. I'm gonna do that tomorrow. Mashed potatoes. I kind of just chucked them. Like after I oh, had like cool. a scoop of it. Yeah. Uh, you know, I made you know just like a single serving of stuffing. Yeah. Stovetop stuffing. Yeah. Like I said, no one else is gonna let me make stovetop stuffing. That's my favorite stuffing. It's my. No too, one's actually. gonna let me make that and take that to someone else and say, no. I made stuffing. I made so I was like, oh man, this ninety nine cents box of stovetops is gonna be the shit. And it was. It was the best. It was the best Thanksgiving meal I've had in Portland, and it was yep. the most ghetto. Yep. One of all, but it was the best at the same That's time. That's awesome. Like chocolate cream pie, it was a 99 cent box of chocolate pudding, jello yeah. chocolate pudding, just in a 99 cent graham cracker crust. Yeah. That I fucked up. I actually dropped a graham cracker crust, broke into pieces. So I had to take the pieces and jumble it back into the pie, mm-hmm. uh, the tinfoil pie pan. And because it was no longer a pie shell, it was just kind of like graham cracker debris that I just poured the chocolate pudding on top of. Oh, dear Bill. And it just, it was, it's still good. It's so good. You put Kool Whip on top of that. It's a mush. It's fine. See, I was really excited oh. because this is our first Thanksgiving in our new house. Yeah. I was so excited about it. We lit the fire and we snuggled. It was oh, great. I forgot you guys have a fireplace. Yeah. So we, um, but also we have, uh, I have dear friends who are like the closest thing I have to family here in Portland and they don't celebrate Thanksgiving because they don't want to get into drop politics of their extended families of who's going to go where. These people so like they know. yeah, it's Julian Tim. My oh, friend okay. Julian yeah. Tim. So they do not celebrate Thanksgiving. And every time I've oh, ever invited weird. them for Thanksgiving, well they don't just to avoid no, having like, to deal know, with the shit. Can like, they, they do not by themselves? They just don't well they don't they're like no Thanksgiving. We just don't do Thanksgiving. What so, else do you do on Thursday during Thanksgiving? Anything. Well, every what do you do every day of your life, Bill? You just do something else. Because like, well, it's not like Christmas where everything shut down, but it's not like you know, you watch a movie, you hang out with your family. They have two kids, so they yeah, spend. I mean, you know, that's it's true. like yeah. It's not like they're out, occupied. exactly, it's not like they're normally out, you know, at bars well, Thanksgiving's and the clubs. best, because even though it's Thanksgiving's supposed to be, like, you know, if we're thanking God, it's such a great secular holiday, though, yeah. of just, it's, like, it's, it's really the secular back holiday. back in food, everyone gets a four-day weekend, unless you unless have you're a really me. shitty job, you know, <laughs> you, um... Unless you're retail, in which case some of those poor fuckers were working Thanksgiving, which is bullshit, So you were working in an office on Friday, right? I was working in an office on Friday. So at least you but were let on me, floor. let me finish what yeah, I was going so, um, I, we had them over, and we were like, well, I know you guys don't celebrate Thanksgiving, and we don't want you to cause trouble, drama with your family by them hearing that you did Thanksgiving yeah. with anybody else, so why don't you guys just come over to our house Aww. and watch football and eat food? Football. It was great. Was this the game the guy slid into the other dude's butt? Did you hear about this? I watched the Detroit Lions game, which was a great... There was, or, I mean, uh, the Lions-Texans um, game was a great game. There was game. something about one guy, he had the ball, and he slid face first into a teammate's butt, and he dropped the ball, because he, like, yeah. crashed into the dude's butt. Yeah. And there was... I, I've seen the animated GIFs, and I saw people joking about it on Twitter. Maybe that, I guess. I, that shows you how I much I was watched, keeping track of. I we watched attention. the last quarter of that game, which, I, by the way... I saw you tweeting about how amazing was that was. So, was the best... Because it was really a tight game. Like, they were tied and went into overtime, and they were in overtime for, like, ten minutes. It was a great game. It's funny you say tight GIFs, because I saw an animated GIF this, on, this, this week online where two football players uh, butt-fucking each other. It was holy. When you said tight, and you're talking about football, and this guy, he was like, was he a wide receiver? That's what it looked like. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, you would have loved it because these guys were totally beefy. Why would like, you find this? They look like real Bill? football players, you know? Because usually, why stars. did you find this gift, Bill? I clicked on a link. <laughs> I can be. <laughs> I, are you trying to expand your horizons, Bill? Bill, were you trying? 
sexuality to admit Daniel Craig has an amazing ass. <laughs> I can click on an animated gift that says two dudes butt-fucking each other dressed like football players and go, Annie likes this. I'm going to see what the appeal of this is and look at it and go, nope, that's two dudes butt-raping each other. <laughs> the one guy, he looked like he was going to scream, but like scream, I, I don't know if he was going to be happy scream or like get out of my butt scream. Yeah. But that guy was, well, one time Annie was messing around with my uh, my Cintiq drawing tablet and she drew two, was it was that two football players fuck fucking each I other? I can't remember. And that's just how they it was were a gift for my one wife. One guy was pulling the other guy's hair. Was it was that a gift like... I did not draw anything like that. <laughs> no, no hair I pulling. I this. It was not hair pulling. It was hair pulling. That's why I was like, wow, this isn't just butt fucking, but like, Andy has a vision for how these two guys are going to go at each other. And this gift was like, that's why I clicked it because I was like, I don't know I'm so happy that I was able to introduce you to this. as handlebars, essentially. Depends on the years, I guess. Uh, what were we talking about? I was talking about my lovely Thanksgiving, so actually, what? and I mentioned that I watched football like people do, and then you went on Bill's, this week at Bill's Animated Gift Corner. I promise not please to make that part of Please don't put that in the show notes. Please do not. Please like do not. Like Mom, please, please don't have listened this far. Are we within 15 minutes? Like, she's oh, never God. seen two guys. Stop it. The guy from behind grabbed the other guy's face and his mouth. I like how when I say, please stop it, you listen to my thoughts and feelings. And he started slapping his forehead and his chin and started... See, he was, he was like La, La, La Bamba. One of our listeners was listening and he said, I wonder, what did he say? He said, I wonder what happened if Bill were uninterrupted. And all I can think of is, even when I try to interrupt Bill, it only takes one out of every ten times. Did you hear last week's podcast? No. You So you didn't see here what I did when you left the room? No. <laughs> I think that's my favorite bit of the podcast so far. Oh, God. So I got, like, just a little bit creative. Like, I dropped him some extra sound effects and stuff because I told the story. And I, it was, I, Bill, t- Bill, Bill had a moment to himself while you're out of the room. Let's put it that way. Oh, um, But, yeah, I think that's probably what they were talking about. Anyway. Yeah. So, no, so but yeah, what was I talking about? I was talking about my no, Thanksgiving. You my family to... Thanksgiving. You <laughs> Jesus Christ. Now I just want to talk. <laughs> Julia and I. Yeah. I had a good Thanksgiving with my friends. But you still <laughs> had your turkey cutlets. I, yeah, I had, we had really good dinner. No, they, uh, they, um, they came late. They were later than I expected. So I was like, well... Food's cooking. We just need to kill some time. So I turned on the the, um, the secret of Kells yeah. while we were waiting. We get about ten minutes into it, they arrive. Now my little bro, they have a little boy Noah. Noah is four and a half years old. Yeah, Noah has, does not have any patience for movies. He really doesn't have any patience for TV shows unless it's Kipper or like a few shows that he really likes. Mm-hmm. And then even then, he only wants to watch it for like half an hour, and he doesn't really watch movies. Does he so, really fall? Oh, the plot? Is that why he kind of gets bored? Where I don't know what it it's is. It's more abstract. He's not really invested. I've not had that conversation. Noah, Shut are you up. fully comprehending the progression of events in this film? Do you understand the religious significance of this goddamn book? Do you see the forced perspective being used in this sequence? Marvel at the use of textures and patterns <laughs> to represent blah, blah. No, so it's it's on, and they arrive, and we start talking, and but Noah is transfixed. And by the secret of kills. By the secret of kills. It turns he has a little bro, Madeline. Madeline is his little best friend, uh-huh. and um, she had tried to watch this movie with him, and he I was not having it. I read about them in the papers. <laughs> That's right, Madeline and Noah. It's a tumultuous relationship, but they seem to genuinely <laughs> love each other. I'm rooting for them. I know. 
I ship them hard. But no, and, and Noah had not you been interested. You didn't have to say that. Just so you can say that before you go, I ship you so hard, Noah. <laughs> anyway, go ahead, yeah. They, they had tried to watch this movie before. He would not have it. But for whatever reason, this time he was like, this is Madeline's movie. And he watched the whole thing. He Aww. really dug it. Was it and I was like, oh, about, like, shit. Was his... Well, I don't know. Because like I said, he wouldn't watch it with her. And all I could think of was, man, there's some scary bullshit in this. Like, there's the Vikings oh, and the wolves and uh, the, 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 like, the thing in the woods that has the eye. It's like, this is all scary. And you know what he did whenever the scary stuff happened? He would just turn to me and goes, is it a nightmare? Are you having a bad dream? Hmm. I was like, well, kind of. You know, like, well, it's, like, especially the scariest part of the movie. That's what it is. Well, yeah. at least when he goes to get the eye. From exactly. The I'm like, it is. is a bad. Dream. But then again, the whole community does get destroyed at the end of the movie. Exactly. Spoilers for Secret of Kells. Spoilers for Secret of Kells. No, but it, he really, really dug it. And apparently, um, when we when it was done, he had missed the beginning. So he was like, let's watch it again. So we turned it on again. We were all just hanging out and having a good yeah. time talking. So it's fine. He watched it again. Apparently, the next day, I got an email from his mom saying, "I win Mom of the Year." The next day, he watched it seven times. <laughs> So we can get things done. Holy shit! <laughs> so I, I have, I have perhaps give, planted in him the seed of a lifelong either fear of Vikings, fetish for girls or fetish with white for hair. Vikings. Fetish <laughs> for Vikings and girls with wolf girls with white one hair. One or the other. Yeah. Should we explain just in case people haven't seen it? Secret of Kells is an animated movie that came out was like two or three years ago. It's oh, longer than that. It's on the Netflix. Well, I think it came out in Europe a long time before that. It just didn't make its way. It was released to in the, the states. states a I'd say about ago. three or four years ago. Okay. And uh, it's really beautiful. Yeah, it's about the... It's one of the pr- most beautiful animated movies I've ever seen. It's a made-up origin of the Book of Kells. Yeah. About uh, how this community... Uh, is that Ireland? Yeah. It's about a small community in Ireland, and it's about the... You know, they're, uh, they're, it's an abbey, yeah. and they do illumination of holy books, but there's the Vikings are coming, the Northmen are coming. Yeah. And so the abbot is more concerned with building walls than making books. And um, there's a little boy, and he all he wants to do is make these beautiful books. And he meets this man who has yeah, been. Yeah, I love the old man. Who he's great. Him, yeah. And he's like teaches him how to do things. But the abbey's like the you have to. I love the black guy at the. There's this fat black guy who's one of the fellow monks at the abbey. I love all that. The, the character there's design. There's the Italian guy. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's but a the, beautiful the unique, film. The really unique thing about the movie is that the graphic design of the whole movie. It's all two D. I think it's flash based, but it's hand drawn animation. Uh, but it's all yeah done up to kind of look like Book of Kells style. Yeah. Like graphics, it's very stylized. Stuff. It's beautiful. Yeah, it's 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 goddamn gorgeous. I think it was nominated for like a best animated movie Oscar a couple of years ago. It's been on Netflix. Did you just watch it on Netflix? Yeah, because it's been on there forever. Yeah. yeah. If if you have Netflix and have not seen it, it's a good yeah, time. Netflix streaming. It's it's fantastic. It's only an hour and fifteen minutes. It's better than uh, Brave, as well. which w- I just watched yeah. with uh, friends just earlier this week. Uh, I was the only person who had seen it, but I was like, hey, you know, Brave just came out on iTunes. We can hang out and watch it. You guys can check it out. No one else has seen it. You, you know, it's mm-hmm. a Pixar movie. Everyone wants to see a Pixar movie. And everyone was kind of like, oh, that's cute. But yeah, yeah it's Brave's not bad. Everyone agreed that it's no Secret of Kells, though. Yeah. Whereas Secret of the Kells isn't, isn't like the most amazing Well, movie it's interesting because Secret of the Kells is the whole movie is kind of, you know, there's not really much. I don't hate to say there's not much plot there. No, it's pretty simple. But it's, it's pretty subtle the and low key. The kid wants to be an illuminator. Yeah. He loses a diamond that yeah. helps. Do the, he well, looks, it's an eyeglass. Also, he yeah. looks super badass when you see older version of him yeah, later on. When you see actually he becomes a super badass Illuminator. Yeah, and, it's great. Yeah. It's a great movie. It's yeah. and, but it's, if you if you like art, not that I want to conflate Brave it. and Secret of Kells because Brave is about Scottish if you're going to conflate two things, Bill conflate uh, Brave with How to Train Your Dragon. Yeah, which that's a good movie. It's really good. Man, I found, if you want to make a good uh, uh, animated movie, just do it about this Irish or the Scottish. You're you're in. You're set. 
I think Actually, that's I think about the Vikings. It's all the pan flutes. That's about the Vikings. We're just going to be kind of generally racist towards that region of Europe. That's because Hollywood is, because it's all like, as long as they have red hair. You know what? I'm Irish German. You're Hungarian. We should really figure this out. We should make the ultimate red haired Scottish Irish movie where it's a guy with a kilt and Uh a full leaf clover Uh trying to blow up the English. What else do Scottish and Irish people... Because you know, they're exactly the same. It's hey, the same, speaking of it's Scotland, the same country, speaking right? Speaking of Scotland, I watched Skyfall this Is week. Edinburgh part of the I'm orange gonna... or the green part of Scotland? I'm not even going <laughs> to... It's funny because people die because of this. It only <laughs> happened less joke. than 100 years ago. <laughs> it's not even that long. Oh, dear. Okay. Have you seen... <laughs> you know what I almost honestly asked you? Have you seen Down Abbey? <laughs> on Black Friday, but you outdid me. So I you did. Talk, you talked first. With one purchase, you I had one to do. purchase, yeah. No, I was, I went to work because I'm salaried and I only, or excuse me, I'm not salaried, I'm hourly. You went to work on Friday, yeah. Yeah, I went to work on Friday even though I work in an office and we only get paid holiday on Thursday. So I went in my office, there were four other people there in this huge office and I was, the, the closest person was about 30 feet away from me behind three walls. Oh, so you could. So it was like, well, no, of... but it, it was, it's still open enough that I couldn't turn on any music or anything or pump up yeah. the jams. Instead, I was just kind of like, I could hear the distant sound of talking and people, but couldn't participate in it. I was going crazy. So, um, I was working on my projects and I see that Amazon is doing $179 for the Vita. How much Assassin's of a discount Creed was that? That sounds like a pretty good deal, but how much does MSRP Vita... is two fifty. That bundle is two fifty. Amazon usually had it for I was looking at it before. I think Amazon had it for two hundred. And in my brain I was or the cheapest I could find it was two hundred. And it's I, a better part of hundred bucks off. It was two fifty. Two fifty is MSRP. No, but if it's seventy bucks off, it's still pretty good. Oh yeah. So yeah, one se- in my brain I was like one seventy five. That's what it needs to come down to for me to buy it. Yeah. And it said it was down to one eighty. Close enough. One seventy nine ninety nine. And I was You've like, you've been hoping to want to play because you love Assassin's Creed games, and this is the first Assassin's Creed game starring a lady. Yeah, I got and it. I had to do it. Supposedly, this is the one Assassin's Creed game that actually directly deals with like shit like slavery. Yeah. And racial politics a little bit. Yeah, but that's what so, I've been hearing. You know, so this sounds like it might be at least still. I'm sure. I guarantee you, it's going to be exactly like Assassin's Creed what Three, where the 3 issues are there and it's there. Like, it's it sounds All, like you the Vita is kind of falling loved... apart. But there's already like you can. It sounds like you could buy a Vita and still get your 170 dollars worth out yeah. of it. I Especially loved... if you get a free game that comes with it. Yeah, I loved my PSP. I really did. But yeah. I loved it for a pad upon. And it was because it was the first web-enabled device I had that was mobile. Yeah, that's really I used it before I had my Would touch you or anything like that. I may, I don't yeah, know, man. Yeah. I don't know, but anyway, yeah, I gotta be. Is that all? It's all like SD cards and stuff, right? Oh no, it's it's fucking Sony, so it's like their proprietary bullshit. Oh, it's like proprietary. Card. It's not SD cards, so it's proprietary because yeah. it's no longer disc-based media, right? I it's think all... not. All, yeah, it's at least th- all solid state. Bullshit. I think I am gonna have to buy their dumbass oh, little. Well, you should keep card. an eye on it because it's gonna be Cyber Monday and Black- Cyber true. Monday weekend. Ugh. You know, I'm saying if you're gonna buy one of those, um, everyone else is gonna be head hunting for those same memory sticks. So this is true. And so, yeah, I'm sure Amazon's gonna have a sale yeah. on that stuff too. 
What have I gotten myself into? I'm joining a cult. Is that it? Is that the only thing you picked up? Well, I bought that, and also there was an uh, article in the Penny Arcade Report of, about a, um, a, a piece of long-form games critic- criticism called Killing is Harmless, mm-hmm. which is a like a 50,000-word essay um, examining Spec Ops The Line, which I've heard a lot of good things about from our dear listeners and elsewhere, that yeah. the story in there is really good, and it is ultimately a criticism of first-person shooters. I had played the demo, but I found it to be... Essentially, it reminded me a lot of the shooting in Mass Effect, which I didn't enjoy in Mass Effect. Oh, it's third person? Well, yeah, it's third person. Okay. You've got two dudes on your That's squad. That's not the worst thing in the world. Yeah. Oh, so it is third person squad based. Well, I, I don't no. think so. I think eventually you lose your guys. That's the what yeah, I've yeah. read from, or what I mean between the lines. But I've heard, like, story wise, it's supposed to do some story wise, it's supposed to be really story, good. Which yeah. I have no idea what it does. I've just heard it's. Well, I've been trying not to spoil myself just in case I ever did get into yeah. it. So, But the, the, the thing about this piece of criticism is it's actually set down, like, you can play the way the um venture on the penny arcade report described it was that you can use it like a to it's like a read along as you play like it starts with a menu and then as you read you play through the game it breaks down each chapter and talks about things as they go so you can read a chapter of the book and then play again so i can post on the show notes yeah it's uh i'm looking it's it sounds like a cool thing and just that a game could inspire that i am totally down so i got that i did also buy that on uh amazon so soon I will talk about Spec Ops The Line and be confused by Nolan North voicing another protagonist. Oh, is she the main character again? I'm pretty sure. I vaguely remember that from the demo. And I, you know, I like, I am an army brat and I do... I type this as Spock Ops. That's a whole <laughs> That's my game. fan fiction, though. <laughs> Live long and I just, don't prosper. All I do is I just take that anime gif you found, I just Photoshop Kirk and Spock's heads on there. Call it good. That's my fan but, fiction. But fucking? Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, Spock's got those handlebar ears. Yeah. That's how they got pointed it's in logical. the first place. Sorry, just got pulled into that shape from even from behind. I knew it. I knew it. <sighs> I just figured guy's butthole has to be so tight that you really want to just... Mm, mm. You've thought just enough about this. Yeah, that's a good imagination. To just, well, not that vivid, clearly. <laughs> <laughs> vivid imagination. I keep on wondering about all the money that's hidden in ladies' vaginas. <laughs> What else? You talked about something, Bill. What did you do on uh, Black, Black Friday? Friday? I uh, I had just bought a goddamn Wii. That was three hundred and fifty bucks right there. So I was not looking forward to spending any more money than I had to. Well, I bought well also that and uh, the Adventure yeah, Time game that to. I pre-ordered back in seven uh, back in like July. Yeah, just showed up. So that was like no, that's like a forty dollar game. So I just essentially just dropped four hundred dollars on stuff. Mm-hmm. Although granted, I I pre-ordered the Wii U like a month ago and stuff, so losing money out of my bank account by now. But still, $400 on video games that came to my house this week. I was not really dying to buy new stuff. But then, yeah, I saw... You're the one who pointed out that Amazon had sales on both Sleepy Dogs and uh, Spec Ops Mm -hmm. for $20 a piece. But then Microsoft, uh, their online store, uh, they had a crazy $10 slash $15 sale this week where it was everything from Skyrim to Spec Ops... Uh, to Forza were all either ten or fifteen dollars. Wow! And so I got, I wrote, I wrote this down. I've got like I bought what five or six games. Uh, I bought Sleepy Sleepy Dogs XCOM, which I've heard good things about, even from people who don't like yeah uh, turn based uh, real time strategy. strategy games. Yeah, um, so yeah, Spec Ops, Forza Horizon, and Dragon's Dogma. Got them all for about for about seventy bucks total. That's crazy. Which that's like what five or six games really? That's yeah. crazy, Bill. Fucking crazy. And these are all the games that I've heard great things about this year that I didn't have the time to play, or you know just didn't want to spend money because 
other shit was out. Yeah. And so, yeah, those will all be coming to the house next week. It's fucking nuts. Yeah, that's awesome. And uh, God knows I'll probably play only, like, maybe 20 minutes of each of them. All the Sleeping Dogs. That sounds... I'll play that just so I can talk, talk about that. I, said, I don't... I hate to make Sleeping Dogs sound like it's the end-all, be-all, but it's just a really solid, mm-hmm. um, a really solid open-world game. And like, it's not too long, either. Do you care for driving games at all? No. Okay. Because Forza Horizon, I love the, like, the core Forza Simulator games. And they have a demo of this on the Xbox Live. Where it's the this is their attempt to make like an arcadey version yeah. of those games. Arcade games and like the I will play one track and then I'm done. I bought it mostly because it has a beautiful day and night cycle. It was in the demo. I was like, why is he getting is he getting dark? Oh my god, I love games with a day and night cycle, especially if it's like really slow and gradual because it's not like Zelda, like Ocarina of Time, which that had a day night cycle where you're kind of walking along. Suddenly the sun just kind of drops within yeah. like thirty seconds. Suddenly it's nighttime. This is yeah. gradual over the course of five or ten minutes. You just kind of see like dust kind of settling in. I was like, oh man, I can totally just drive like at, at dusk. Like, this is such a great feeling. I was like, fuck, I'll spend fifteen bucks to run around and, like race airplanes and fighter jets in yeah. my sports car in this stupid little game. And... The only way a game can really sustain my attention is if with story or characters, and that's yeah. See, sometimes with me, it's just feeling if it's just kind of pretty. I enough. can understand. I mean, the feeling I played the demo and the, the racing felt good. It's just like the extra thing of like, oh, it's so pretty. Like Skyrim did that for me. I can appreciate that. Yeah. But well, did you see? Did they announce the new? DLC this week for Skyrim? None of the DLC works on, like, a game of Skyrim, so Why? I'm, like, I'm not gonna buy any more of it. Oh, what happened? Well, no, that's not true. Oh, what was it? Dawn Guard worked. Thing. But, yeah, the house thing, it, there's, it won't, it won't. Why? The, 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 because there's Xbox a is that comes. Dead. What Xbox you got? Because you had Walking Dead problems this week, <laughs> it, too. Well, and so did everyone else. Nuh-uh. Dude, I looked at the forums it's and I found my exact <laughs> my exact problems. It's it. almost like those games are really rushed out and te- uh, technically, yeah. Well, I talked about my Skyrim problems before, you... but we uh, with Walking Dead, it's so I bought. I had mentioned in the past on this podcast about how I hate those controls on the console. I still do. I still think it's really awkward. I always hate point and click games on with the controller. Yeah. It's just the way they make it work is weird. What I finally figured out was that because what is it? You use the right stick. To move your person through the environment, Walking use dead. the left. Yeah, yeah. Use the left stick to actually move your cursor. But I hated that you have to move your use the left stick to move your cursor and then press a face button to do it. it so is... if there's a zombie like attacking me, I have to manip- put the cursor in the right place and then move to the buttons. Finally, I figured out that the D pad also works as face oh, yeah, buttons, yeah, yeah. which is dumb. They don't tell you that because you can actually do that at the same time. They finally, in the most recent episode I played, it was, there was a sequence with a gun, and they finally said, oh, now you can press the right trigger to shoot. I'm like, you motherfuckers. I know that they took There's... that community feedback yeah. and added it, but I'm like, really? Why couldn't I have pressed the right trigger in to shoot? In most situations, there's only one option to do it. Like, there's usually only either two options, either look at something or interact with something. Yeah. And so there's really no reason for why the vast majority of the things you interact with it within The Walking Dead couldn't just been left trigger, right trigger. Yeah. Really. There's a couple things where, like, you might have a couple different items, and in order to solve a puzzle, they'll give you the option to, they'll assign a couple different objects in your, you don't really have an inventory, but it's just assumed you'll be carrying a couple different things, that each of those different things will be keyed to different buttons on the face of the controller, when that's the only rare time in that game where having multiple buttons Well, no, really you helps. have, like, they're, they're really trying to train you that these four buttons are more or less all you After need to you interact with. After you play it long enough, you start getting used to that, but it's still, well, it's, it's no, an I mean, but el- in, unelegant design. In dialogue, you have to, you have four options, usually, or at least three. Yeah. Or th- three spoken options in silence. Well, that's true, too. So your left trigger, right trigger thing wouldn't work. They really are trying to, they're really trying to teach people that these four buttons are all you need to navigate the environment. Yeah, which is true. But it's, it's it not. Just takes, it's a learning curve. Yeah. 
Yeah. So you liking it? You're not liking it? I enjoy it. I still, I really, I've been playing Telltale. I've talked about this and I hate to harsh on them. No, yeah. I like these you guys. have a history of Telltale. And I, I know, like, I know I am acquainted, E acquainted with some of the dudes who worked on this game, in particular work at, 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 at uh, Telltale. And I've been playing these games since Bone. I bought Bone, man. That was, and but the thing, they use pretty much the same engine. So there's very much so a house style at Telltale, and it's in the animation choppy and the models animation. and everything. Well, it's not even that it's choppy. I'll give games are animation is expensive and it's hard, but it's it's really funny. It, I I I the engine is really just kind of I think it's showing its age at this point. It's a but it's a it's a good game. It's such yeah. a great simplified adventure game. It is an, it's great cuz it this this studio is founded by people who love adventure games and it's obvious in playing this because it has all the great elements of adventure games without the bullshit ones. Like for example, they don't they don't, when they present you with a problem that has to be solved with an inventory item, 9 times out of 10 it is an inventory item that is only now available to you. No, exactly, yeah. It's never like something like, "Oh, I forgot something 3 scenes ago, I got to go back." No, it's in the or, same room. All I have to do is look around, grab it and pick it up and yeah. Yeah, so it's just like a it's like it's just the right kind of puzzle solving and yeah. you're never too frustrated. Well, like I said, the game's more focused on story and character than it is like yeah. there are puzzles and stuff, but it's not really well, It's not really Puzzle, I hate to even call it puzzle solving. But just doing stuff. It's Yeah, it's like just more like manipulating the environment in a way yeah. that feels pretty organic. Yeah. I'm pretty impressed with That's it. That's why like, I like it. I, I'm not, I, I like adventure games well enough, but a lot of the puzzles in adventure games piss me off. I like this little... Yeah, rarely is it puzzles. The, yeah. It's more just like... Well, it's, it's, things just kind of fit together they would in real life in terms yeah. of like, oh, we'll get this, get this board... And put it over this window, keep the zombies out, and like yeah. get, find the hammer and, and hammer that board up or something. Yeah. You know, it's not really a puzzle as much as like do what you would probably do in real life. In this yeah, situation. which yeah. is it's really very smartly done, and I really like how they handle all the branching choice things. Mm-hmm. They they handle it. So in such you a left way... to the end of story uh, episode three. I'm in the middle of episode four when I left. Oh actually. really? Yeah. Yeah. The um uh the is fully watching you play this. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, she. It's so my Foley is much my my Foley my my girl my Foley my girl got killed off in episode two. <laughs> my girl is way more of a um survival person than yeah. I am. Whereas I am a goody two shoes. Let's be friends with everybody. <laughs> I can see you guys so, be debating about. Some well, of we stuff were until finally, choice. finally, I was like, you know what? Who am I kidding? Foley, you were making the choices. Because <laughs> Clementine has to live, yeah. and if I make the choices, nobody's gonna live. <laughs> Uh, do you want, should we talk, I'm assuming most people listen to this either, they don't, I don't care wanna, they party. I don't want to talk about the choices. I, I'm talking about it generally. Because, should but we have I, a spoiler cast next week? We could, if you want okay. to. But, um, I, what I really like is that all the choices that you make, obviously in the moment, it's pretty clear that you made a branching decision. But when I look back at everything that has happened, they did a really good job in writing it, that it all feels inevitable. Yeah. Like, I don't really, beyond No, the, everything in the game still narrows. You, you still get funneled down to a very specific point. Oh, well, yeah. Like, it's it's, all, like it's just the details that are different. Yeah. It's really all it is. But in this game! Those details feel very real, and don't, they don't feel like, oh, this is just something that's shaded well, in. Well, there's also some it nice things in the game where... It feels very connected and grounded. For a game where every decision you make, they may go out of their way to tell you, oh, you said this. Can he notice that you said this? Yeah. They make a good... They, they, they do a good job of not blowing anything out of proportion where you go, oh, shit, did I just fuck up? Yeah. Where it's not like suddenly, like, you made this decision. Bum, bum, bum. Yeah, yeah. Like, everything is just called well, out this, as, this you made this decision. It can be something that actually affects something that happens later, or it could be as simple as you have all, even, imperceptibly altered a way someone perceives you. Who's in, oh, man, I, I want to ask you, like, who's in your party and stuff right now? Because I'm dying to know exactly, like... <laughs> well, I'm farther along in the game than you are. No, I beat it. Oh, you did beat it. I thought your game wasn't working. Uh, no, that's like, uh, yeah, 
uh, last week of my uh, episode four finally started working for me because I had the same save file bug that you have, yeah. that most other people have had, at least on the Xbox 360 version. And magically, out of the blue, episode four finally started uh, working for me last week. Mm-hmm. And so I beat that the night before episode five came out, and I downloaded episode five. Magically, episode five did work, and I did. I played through episode five in one night and beat the hell out of it. Mm-hmm. Fucking. I'm still torn as to whether or not that really is my game of the year compared to Journey. Because Journey, at least that's not, at least that works. <laughs> uh, yeah. Content-wise, I'm really thinking uh, this might be my game of the year pick just because it's just, it's not like the story in The Walking Dead is that amazing or anything, but there's... It's the kind of story you don't get in gaming. It's like one I'm thing... getting. I'm getting some storytelling nutrients and vitamins. I was hoping to get in Mass Effect Three that I didn't. That I'm getting well, in this. What I like game. about this and that I have, I don't. I can't think of literally any other game that I have done this. Is the game is not morally binary. Like if you make a choice that is quote unquote morally right, it will not end well for you necessarily. Well, one thing I like is that the guys from Telltale they were very specifically said that one of their mission statements with this game was to if you're going to have a game filled with uh, pretty binary choices, mm-hmm. like either do this or do that. That they wanted to make it sh- make sure that those choices, it wasn't obvious which one you're supposed to choose. Yeah, yeah. They did a and really so, good job with that. And so they they were hoping that at the end of every episode, when you check your decisions against the stats of all the decisions, this that's, is awesome. That's a okay, stroke. so I, we're gonna take a step back and talk about this. So one of the coolest things about The Walking Dead is that you have these choices you make over the course of the game, and they alter your game. Yeah. But at the end of each episode. It, there are pretty much five major decisions in each episode, and it gives you at literally stats. Of, well, you chose this, and so did this percentage of people. Everyone else who played the game? It's yeah. fascinating, because then you actually get to see, because it makes you wonder. It's like, really? I was in the minority. Like, what, am I an asshole? Or like, I, I, I was in the majority in almost everything until last night. I was in, like, a severe minority. What like, was the choice? 10% minority. Now I'm trying to remember what it was. Because sometimes the choices aren't, like, don't even affect the story. Sometimes it's just like, did you fart in Kenny's face? Yes or no? Ninety five percent of the people chose to fart in Kenny's face. It was it was intense, and that was really what I was like. Really, am I that much of a weirdo? That's what I said. That's but a great little touch. The big but thing... so so like the, the 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 Telltale guys, they said their mission statement was to try to make it so most of the decisions are kind of fifty. When you see what everyone else chose, that is roughly fifty fifty because yeah. they wanted to make it so that like, it, yeah, it's a personal choice. There's no obviously like there's yeah. no there's no either save the kitten or send it or, or save, save the kitten and send it to college or shoot it in the face and throw it in the river it's yeah. no, nothing that like obviously yeah. like cloying and stupid they wanted to have like much more like Sophie's choice kind of choices yeah which and they I mean, do they're, a good they're job really that's what good I'm saying yeah. yeah it's intense. how's your relationship with Kenny not, not not to go too much into spoilers cause like I was doing good with Kenny at first yeah. it is hard to keep Kenny wrong. happy yeah Kenny Kenny's it is high hard to keep BFF that racist motherfucker happy I'm <laughs> which just I don't saying. know why I liked Kenny enough that I wanted See, to be I friends did with him cause I, we were tight bros in the first episode or two yeah. I can't remember what I did to him he's like fuck you Lee I hate your balls well, see, the like, problem is the problem in this game is, ev- or not the problem, but like the conflict you have in this game is everyone's motivations. Yeah. And ulti- if you play it, like I'm playing it, we're Clementine first, always first, and I have to. That's choose, really. I have to make every single decision based on Clementine's interests first. You can't trust that motherfucker because his motivations are not to protect Clementine. Good luck with the next episode and a half because it really is kind of like the guy. What is best for Clementine? Yeah. Really kinda, oh, that's shit. when it really comes down to like, oh shit. Yeah, like shit. I had to make the first decision where it's like, what is Clementine? I do this moment i'm like jesus fuck i hope i don't regret this <laughs> <laughs> but 
feel like it's like you still kind of get funneled down to the same ending. So at least this game doesn't even but, pretend. Like yeah. What well, everyone because like everyone assumed the reason why so many people are upset about Mass Effect ending because they thought there was going to be this whole plethora of different crazy endings depending on what you did. And technically, there's only one ending with like that came in three different flavors. This is a similar thing. But where... that's the only thing you can do. Do you know how much it would cost? Oh no, that's so but, that's, but working within that structure, they did an amazing job of yeah. everyone's the choices that you make, little branching like narrative dead ends yeah and like there's a character you lose that you can lose in i think it's episode four mm-hmm. that everyone else most other people seem to get rid of mm-hmm. you don't seem to be a big fan of this person yourself three Uh-oh. letters in the name oh 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 fully keep every time he comes on screen <laughs> fully goes shoot him can you shoot him can you shoot him now is he still? He, third strike, motherfucker! That bitch is gone. He's gone. Oh, uh, not yet. It hasn't. I haven't gotten the Spoilers, choice yet. He, well, technically, really. Fuck yeah. him. He's gone. There's... Three times I tried to hit with Clementine. That motherfucker is gone. There's a point where he can go away. Yes. <laughs> Spoilers. <laughs> no one dies in The Walking Dead. They all get taken to the. To... And everyone dies <laughs> in The Walking Dead. They all get taken to a farm. Walking Dead. Yeah, where they get what? <laughs> No, the, the Walking Dead. The Walking Dead is just like um. Oh, during that whole sequence, all I could think was Tom Waits. Don't go in. Yeah. The, no, but, but no, it's like don't. It's like Game of Thrones. Don't get attached <laughs> to anybody's goddamn ass. Um, but no spoilers. There's a character named Ben. Ben he, is a douchebag. He does not necessarily have to survive to the end of the game, but uh, there's a point where it's really obvious that he's not really supposed to survive that much. But yeah. I was one of the few people that kept him around. Yeah. And he's actually got a decent amount of shit to do in the last episode. Yeah. Like, it's not like I was really surprised because you kind of expect in games like this where there's going to be a character who can get killed. Mm-hmm. You expect that, like, whatever they're going to do after that point in which they could have died, it's not going to be that interesting because resource, especially yeah. for a downloadable title like this, they're not going to have that much resources to give this guy, like, an interesting, any more of a story arc or anything like that. It's not like Ben suddenly saves the... the like, it's, it's not like suddenly becomes the main character or anything like that. Yeah. But still, I was like, you know, I'm glad I kept that motherfucker around, even though everyone else no, kill had the first opportunity. I'm going to catapult him into <laughs> a, sh- a pit of zombie I sharks. Like ben. Uh, Why? He is the Jonah. <laughs> he is the Jonah. He is totally. Uh, if you guys have seen, ever seen Master and Commander, yeah, he is, he is that guy. He kind of looks like that guy. Yeah, that's yeah. what I'm saying, where he's just perpetually... Like, it gets to the point where in that game, you're like, oh, come on, God, give this son of a bitch a break. It's not even... At a point, it's not even his fault anymore. It's just like... Just the stars are aligned against that poor Well, bastard. he's kind of interesting because he's the only one who doesn't have anything to fight for, really. Well, yeah, well that's... Except well, keep him. playing, and that'll be... You might, yeah. you might actually mention that. Yeah, huh. that's what I'm saying. Like, there's a little bit of this. This game I'm is like, pretty good. It's too bad that it's. I mean, it, I mean, it's I get... too bad that it's nearly unplayable. <laughs> that's because yeah. So as I was telling Bill on online last night, Jesus. so I, I I get up the first episode, and um, I get to the end. Credits roll, and I go to bed. I, I only bought the first one. I was like, I'll see no, how yeah, exactly. Because you had already bought it on Steam, right? I bought it on Steam. I'm like, do I really want to buy it on Xbox? But my computer, yeah. my computer is essentially non-functional at this point, and I'm like, I can't do this. At this point, I have played the opening of this game between demos, attempting to play on my computer. It's not the best. I've played that either. opening about ten times, so I'm like, this game better be really good. <laughs> I finish the first episode, go to bed. Next morning, I'm like, well, I'll keep playing. I buy the second episode, I go to play it, it takes me to, like, the basically the last fifth of the first episode. What? And forces me to replay it. Oh, see, I didn't get that. I just had the thing where, when I would try to, uh, after I beat episode three, when I tried to fire up episode four, it just, 
starts kept on starting me at the beginning of episode one again. See, it took me to the ending of episode one. Uh-huh. Basically, my last autosave. So you're so you're expecting you're gonna have to replay the end of, of well, episode I do. four again. Well, I replay the end of episode one, and I'm like, okay, we'll see what happens. I get to the end of it, rolls to credits, takes me back to the main screen. I'm like, okay. I, uh, so I went online and I found there were a bunch of bugs and Telltale's like, we're aware, we're trying to fix it. And that was as of noon yesterday. I'm like, shit, I'm not. So, but I look at one of their fixes for another game. So before I do this, of course, I turn off my console. I turn it on again. I move around the save slots. This for a I game load up my game. really not that instant I'm, to begin with. Yeah. yeah. It's mostly like, built this, just this, going, it's so good! The cards are already stacked against this game for me. Fully was making fun of me. She's like, why do you play this game? You don't like zombie stuff. You don't like gruesome stuff. And you don't like misery. <laughs> Like, you're knocking yourself out to try to get this dose of the stuff It's kind of made, funny yeah. because it's the opposite of with shooters. Because, like, I play a lot of shooters because I, I hate shooters. I get no pleasure from them, but I play them so I can get other things from them. In this case, I actually love adventure games. I've always loved yeah. adventure games. And it's just not, it doesn't love me back in this case. I finally figure out that what I have to do is I have to go get, start this save. And go into the, try to select it to two, go into episode one, press pause, select the main menu, go back to the main menu, select my save this file. This is the recommended thing from, from Telltale? This is one of their workarounds, but this is one of the workarounds for the bug in episode four. I just tried it on a whim. I did that four times on the fourth time it took. <laughs> I hear when, you know, because that retail version of, of the whole series is coming out on disc like in, in like two weeks. Yeah. You should probably just, I would have bought it for you as a Christmas Man, gift. I would rather not have the Walking Dead comic, to be honest with you. Um, I love Tony Moore's art. It, the art and that shit in the first well, Tony that, Moore does is amazing. That, but then he left, this, and I stuck around for the first thirty yeah, issues, the comics too, and then and I, I just stopped. Uh, well, supposedly that special edition of the retail Walking Dead game on yeah. disc that comes with the big uh, forty-eight uh, issue compendium yeah. is only GameStop exclusive. Uh, so good luck, even even if you wanted to try to get your hands on it. Good luck. Yeah. Who the fuck goes to GameStop? Um, Everyone. But supposedly with that that retail version, you yeah. have to heat it up on the stove. First. <laughs> you have to gently massage it counterclockwise. Yeah, and then you have to rotate it twice on a hot plate <laughs> on a Wednesday. It's just funny. So episode three, the same thing happens again, but this time it, t- it starts labeling my save as episode one. And I'm yeah. like, you bitches. See, that's what happened. I, keep, I got my, it to work. Label my episode four as... I can't see if it was even one consistent problem that everyone's having, but I, I had a problem that was kind of like yours, but not quite the same. Because, like, my episode three save got labeled as that. This is not interesting to anyone who doesn't play The Walking Dead. <laughs> Ultimately, but... it's ridiculous, and I keep trying, but I got I keep getting through it. But, man, this game, it has to... It's interesting because... I'm enjoying looking... it, despite I was, this. Yeah. I was looking to see who uh, wrote and directed this game, because everyone... It seems mostly everyone agrees that this te- Telltale's best game so far. Mm-hmm. And it turns out the guys who wrote and directed this game were, were actually just artists at Telltale. This is the yeah. first project they were actually put in charge of. Yeah. One of them so is a... that's kind of interesting. One of them is a dude back from my uh, LucasArts adventure game fansite days. Oh, really? It's actually kind of funny because uh, I remember when we had... When we were on the web, I think... I don't know if he did it. Or if he was just uh, one of the guys who contributed to it. There, we had a Grim Fandango fan site on Aww, our network. Yeah. And they made a font that was based on the Grim Fandango font that they actually use in this game. Really? The, they're in, um, like just the background stuff? In, like what a... is it? Mar- what's it? Macon? Yeah. The furniture outlet store that's cross street from the pharmacy. That font is oh, the font. Oh, that's super cool. Oh. I, got, I just got to some other place. Oh, in the school in Crawford. 
the font that's Bob on the Crawford. school is is I'm it I what literally when I left <laughs> when I left we were in the command center. I was talking to Clementine in the command center. That was the last thing I did before I came over here. Fuck <laughs> that game. Anyway, in summation, Walking Dead is pretty good if you could look over all of the terrible <laughs> what kills me is that in the game they patch some of this by now because the game's been coming out in, in in increments since april it's weird because it looks like it's all the stuff around the game and like not necessarily yeah, in yeah. the game because the game the it doesn't that... have bugs per se like the problems with the telltale engine are the problems that have always been in the telltale engine like really slow from shot to shot and you can see it churn as it's about to generate something from one of your choices yeah you know it's like that sort of stuff and but that's always been in the Telltale Engine, so this is all exactly this they is all make the candy janky games shell. as yeah, that's part of their trade. Well, they're they got no money. I know they're they making all the game they can with with the money. Well, did you see they're expanding? They're hiring like a hundred and fifty people. I would like to see what they would do if they made uh, more original games rather than just licensed games. I mean, I'm fine with them making licensed, good licensed games, but and this is interesting. The Walking this as janky as this game is, it is the best part of the whole Walking Dead franchise. It's better oh, than easily. the TV show. It's better, it's better than, than the comics. comics. Yeah. Although supposedly the the season three of the show has been pretty good. Uh, but, uh... I think the only original game they ever did was a terrible poker game. The very first game they did, other than Bone, mm -hmm. was a poker game with the uh... surfer dude. <laughs> wow. And guess what? That surfer dude model looks exactly like the models in The Walking Dead! <laughs> Man! How's Amid doing? Amid? Yeah, yeah, doing so great. Yeah, no. How's Krista? Is she pregnant? Shrugging. You'll, you'll find out tonight because you'll finish episode four. I'm like, all I can right think of episode five. She threw up suddenly. And I'm like, oh shit, is she pregnant? Oh shit, is she gonna have a miscarriage we'll of a zombie we baby will, we will or something? We'll talk about it next week. Uh, yeah, we'll anyway. We need to have a game of the year episode too. I don't know if that's. I don't next know what my game of the year is going to be, man. I would just uh, stupid because not like I don't think anyone cares about what's Bill and Andy's game of the year picks. <laughs> but though I don't know what was I watching. Oh, I was watching a trailer for goddamn I can't remember what game. Oh, Call of Duty Black Ops on the Xbox. Mm -hmm. They had like one of their little videos. I'm like, sure, I'll watch this. And they were do they had this one thing that was like a wall of ninety plus scores, and one of them was like Game Freaks with two Z's and like Xbox <laughs> Vault. And, They're like, just getting you know, everybody. If we said it was ninety. Dungeon Chamber Planet, you know. Well, how like, he says, not too bad. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. With this week, we might get included. Oh so anyway, Bill, what else? What else happened to you this week? Man, I beat Halo Four. That's yeah. a good game. Um, it's actually got a really nicely campaigned. Uh, uh, like the the pacing of the main campaign mode is 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 really good. They keep on like there's a Star Wars trench run part of the game where yeah. there's a spaceship flying over, and uh, there's all tank stuff. And no, I was, I was I was really surprised. There's not much to say other than. Um, a yeah. good Halo game. It looks like Tron. But yeah, no, I was for a game that I well, I was still disappointed in the fact that the game brings back all the same enemies and stuff from the old Halo yeah. games. Like they didn't try to re really really reinvent the wheel. But they they come up with this new character who's this captain of the ship who sends who's sent out to rescue you because at the end of the last Halo game you're stranded at the ass end of space, mm -hmm. and so they send out a rescue ship to go save you. And the guy who he starts out in Halo Four, he's the second in command of the ship. And by the end of the game, spoilers for Halo 4, he becomes the captain of the ship. And he kind of looks like the, the head coach guy from Friday Night Lights. Yeah. And, like, the, his facial animation is great. He's just kind of like a moog, mug. Yeah. He's just kind of like, mm, mm. He's, he's not super heroic, big, like, tough soldier guy. Yeah. And he's kind of nice. He's a little bit of a wise ass. Yeah. And his uh, assistant is Jennifer Hale from Mass Effect. And she's yeah. dressed kind of, she's got, like, her own Spartan armor. So she's, yeah. she looks like uh, Femshep 
but pissed off and Asian. Yeah. And so that's kind of great. And so yeah. hopefully uh, they're kind of setting up those two characters as to being kind of like Master Chief's kind of buddies in the next couple. Because this is supposed to be, Halo 4 is supposed to be the first game in a new trilogy that will mm-hmm. continue on next-gen uh, hardware. And uh, yeah, uh, if, they, if they bring back Lasky and uh, fake Femship. Yeah. And it's, I wouldn't be surprised if they actually become playable characters too mm-hmm. sometime in the future. Because that would be an easy way to switch up Halo gameplay. Is if yeah. you're not always just like just giant nine-foot-tall tank guy, yeah. if you're also kind of like a normal guy, which would be kind of fun. And, uh, yeah, no, it was a good game. I was really surprised at how how much I liked this game, despite the fact that I wasn't really interested in before it came out and yeah. saw good reviews. It was nice to see all these great reviews for this game actually turn out to be like, oh, they were actually correct. Yeah. I didn't regret buying the game. It's, it wasn't like a Witcher 2 situation. Speaking of games I regret buying, and great captains. Did I ever tell you about the captain in Assassin's Creed 3? No. The captain in Assassin's Creed 3 is made to look like an actor who was clearly cast and directed to sound like Russell Crowe in Master and Commander. Really? Yeah. Just is look- this... Because yeah. if you pre-order the game from like Amazon, you do get like Captain of the the Aquila. Oh, you it's a, it's just an outfit. Is that it just? But do you dress up like that guy? No. Oh, okay. Oh, it's okay. the the ship, the Akia. Does it look the, like uh, the HMS whatever. Rose? Yeah, it's a, it's a kind of ship. How did they actually did any research on the HMS Rose? Because I mean that's that's Harbor down, uh, not San Francisco, San Diego. But um, so we've been on a Aquila. boat in Mass Effect now too. Maybe that's right. kind of sort of. Yeah, that's right. No, the uh, oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I still that's the other thing. I just bought five games. I'm only two hours into Assassin's Creed Three. Dude, just stop. Like, just really? stop. It's really not good. It is no good. Uh, I, it is actually. I want to at least get to the counterparts. I liked I it. I had to try so hard to like it, Bill, and I I cannot recommend it. In fact, I actively anyone who actually likes Assassin's Creed should never play this game. You you're better off watching someone else's let's play of Assassin's Creed Three than actually. Trying I was it kicking myself because one of the black first uh, Black Friday deals that came up was Assassin's Creed for thirty thirty five dollars online. Yeah. Well, like, you know what you know. they eat? Amazon emails me right after I order my Vita. It's like, well, thank you for buying a Vita. Here's ten dollars towards your purchase of Assassin's Creed 3. I'm like, fuck Thank you, you assholes. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, it's, it's funny because like Assassin's Creed 3 I was really excited about. Yeah. And I wish I, not that I hadn't bought it, but I wish I had at least waited two weeks to get it half off. Yeah. At least I would have only spent 30 bucks to, to, be to fair, buy a game that I can't play until they patch it. To be totally Whereas fair, Halo Bill. Core, I was not expecting to buy and I spent 60 bucks and then I, yeah. I, 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 got, I got, you know. The my, thing about Assassin's Creed 3 is that all the Assassin's Creed games, even the ones that had not been necessarily great games, have always been enjoyable for yeah. some degree or other. There is no reason to believe that this game would be anything but the others. Did you, you see know? like Revelations was like five bucks for? Was it like on Thursday or Friday? I'll believe it for like a, for like an hour or two. Yeah. Yeah, and that's all that I keep waiting quickly. for Golden Abyss to be two dollars. Oh, that's a terrible oh, that's uncharted right. no, that's game. That's even a good, another reason for you to get the. Uh... Yes. Even if it's a bad game, it's still Portable Uncharted. Come on. Portable Uncharted and Portable... Come on. So the guys who made um, Golden Abyss are also involved in the... They're um, here in Oregon, too, Well, they're they're also involved behind the um, Uncharted card game that came out this week. And oh, I, the one that should be the strip poker game. Yeah, I tweeted. I tweeted. I'm so mad that this the new Uncharted card game is not strip poker. And one of the guys from that studio tweeted at both of us to say, "Did you guys know this is developed in Oregon?" I made some joke about how I can go protest the fact that it's not strip poker at their door because they're so close. But it's like, oh man, you hometown guys, you tried so hard, you poor bastards, and then you made a card game. Really? The Vitas are. Did they only make portable stuff? 
Because it sounds like everyone's going to be looking for work who's working on Vita games right now anyway in another year. So. I think that studio, they've always done, like, they, they worked on PSP games and now Vita games. I think that's their bread and butter. That's yeah. what they do. This is the week where we both bought Doomed soft, uh, Hardware. I bought a Wii U, you bought a... <laughs> so, Bill, tell me about your Wii U experiences, Bill. Oh, did we not talk? Oh, we talked about it before the podcast. Yeah. Oh, I bought a Wii U. It is a magnificent hot piece of garbage. <laughs> I love it. I spent $350 to buy a Wii U. The best part is, is the Miiverse, which is just Twitter where you can drop pictures. <laughs> that is the best part. No, yeah, no, like the, the, the most interesting part of the Wii U is the social media aspect where, yeah, you essentially you, uh, can go online and it's the Miiverse where your Mii goes online and you can join communities. And every game and app that comes out for the Wii ends up getting its own online community in which you could either post notes to, just like text, uh, you know, just type in, I like this game, it is good, or notes like, oh, it's really clever. if you want to get the mushroom in Mario, go go here, here's a secret trip, uh, trick trick or tip. Uh, or you could just, put, they let you draw, it's the most magnificent, that's the best use of this gamepad screen, yeah. the fact that you can draw, just arbitrarily just draw drawings at people, and so half the drawings, a couple people like are drawing maps to help you get through different oh, yeah? games and stuff, well, you know, because you, really you can draw cute. whatever you want. Uh, but most of it is are people just drawing stupid memes of like, to, well, it's uh, it's all being moderated by Nintendo, so you can't yeah. get away with anything too profane, which is actually kind of nice. It's nice to have this one online community where it's all just for fun. Uh, normally, as someone whose Xbox gamer tag is Mr. AIDS, I would be the first person to bristle at an online community being so heavily uh, guarded by the people who run the community. But mm-hmm. it's nice to be able to like fire up the thing and go online and just have. You don't have to worry about, like, dicks coming at your face or people getting into stupid fights because all that stuff gets deleted. It's just all happy fun times. Yeah. It is kind of the weird Disneyland ideal planned online community. Uh, but, yeah, no, there's there, there's still lots of funny things. Like, you were, you were looking at the YouTube meme-verse yeah. community where people were just like, oh, what the hell? It was they actually funny because they, they kept posting these things of gamer grumps and I'm looking at these drawings and what it's, the hell are gamer it's a grumps? fat, it's a fat faced person with, with long hair yeah. and a fat faced person with short hair and a beard. And I'm like, those bitches, they're hoarding in our territory. Yeah, but, <laughs> like, what the hell are these gamers? Did they rip us no, off? Wait, is it a fat white guy in a beard and a fat white girl <laughs> with hair talking about video games and being bitchy about it? That's yeah, our we wheelhouse. So we looked it up. And yeah. it's two dudes. It's totally two dudes. Just a dude with long hair. <laughs> Sorry, Gamer Grumps, that I thought one of you was briefly... We don't hate you. We were just surprised. And the only reason we even found out about this Gamer Grumps series is because everyone was posting their drawings of the Gamer Grumps uh, logo people. They're like little t- little fat logo guys, like on the Meverse community. Um, This system is going to fail miserably. Uh, I hate yeah. to say it. Uh, aside from the fact, I guess the games all have technical problems, at least the ports do, like yeah. Mass Effect and and uh, Batman and Mass Effect. Did I mention Mass Effect? <laughs> Um, I you guess did. the ports are kind of funky. Uh, they talk about, like, I've heard online people talk about how, despite the fact that Wii has, like, two gigs of RAM compared to the Xbox, Xbox is, like, is that, like, 512 megs of RAM? Yeah. Supposedly, this system still runs slower than an Xbox? Yeah. Like, uh, it's just all, all messed up. Um, which, that wouldn't be so, so much of a big deal, but just the, like, the user interface stuff is bonkers. How Nintendo designed how you move around the system. It's like this weird maze of, like, there's a home button on the gamepad. You hit the home button. That doesn't take you to the home screen. That is weird. It just brings up a couple random icons. Like, you can go to the eShop and check the Miiverse and stuff, but it doesn't take, take you to what you think the home screen is. Weird decisions, like, 
where you go to adjust the screen size and how it's positioned yeah. is not in the system settings. That is underneath your Miiverse personal profile. That's a little bit like mm. if I were playing the Xbox and I wanted to change adjust the screen size of the screen on Xbox when I'm playing that. Instead of going to system settings, if I just went to, like, brought up my own personal profile and went to, like, my achievements yeah, and had to go, like, it's just like, why would you do that? Why is, like, yeah. is, is that so, like, settings like that, would that, if you tie that to someone's profile... That, I guess that means if you want, if grandma for some reason wants to have the screen super big and push to the left, <laughs> she could have that. Yeah. And if someone else logs, I just kind of weird. I, like, there's got to be some logic to some of these decisions. Uh, there's basic problems in the fact that you can transfer all of your old stuff from your Wii, your old Wii, onto the Wii U. Uh huh. But instead of that content being now being able, to, you, you can't just play it on the Wii normally. Mm -hmm. It emulates the old Wii. Like you really? have to go to the, you have to go to a Wii channel, click on the Wii channel, and what? it emulates all of your old Wii content and at like standard definition. Are you well? Despite this being a yeah, it's it kind of makes sense. So all your old from content, a development con kind of, but do you think they could have done they, something? What they, they can't make an HD like like I don't know. Yeah, I I know it kind of. <laughs> you're sick and I'm tired, so none of us are going to think about this this well. But uh, so in order, if 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 you uh, all your virtual console games that you may have uh, downloaded on the old Wii, uh, yeah, you have to play it in this emulated standard standard definition Wii mode, which brings up it's 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 just you have to use a Wii mode. You can't even yeah. use the gamepad to navigate the menus. You have to fire up a Wii mode, pair it with your uh, Wii U system, navigate it. Just like it's it's just like playing. It's essentially a emulated Wii built into the Wii U system. Isn't that what the PS3 did for the PS2 backwards compatibility? Did it actually bring up, like, the PlayStation 2, like, loading screens and everything like that? I, as I recall, I'm trying to remember. Because well, it emulated there was whole thing... those games, but it didn't, like, emulate the whole front end, too. It wasn't just, yeah. like... Yeah, well, to be fair, it didn't have as weird and unique a front end as the Wii did. Well, this is the other crazy thing, too, because if you have a, if you have spent money on Nintendo points on the Wii shop, mm -hmm. and if you have not spent those money, that money... It gets brought over to the Wii U, except that money is not. You can't spend it on purchases on the Wii U's eShop. You can only continue to use those points on the emulated Wii. What shop? This is just dumb. So if you have twenty dollars in, in 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 Nintendo points left, you could spend that money, but it's gonna have to be for old emulated games. Uh. And all your purchases on your 3DS or on the old DSi eShop. Yeah. Don't transfer it to the Wii U or anything like that at all. In fact, actually, with Nintendo now has four entirely separate online shops now that are oh, all Jesus. completely separate. None of your none of your purchases transfer from one shop to the other. None of your money that you've spent or like any extra points you have can be transferred from one shop to the other. They have the yeah the Wii eShop, they have the Wii U eShop, they have the 3DS eShop, and then they have the DSi eShop. That's just not sustainable. All of them, this is their one chance where they could have started consolidating some of this stuff. Yeah. With to be D fair, that's hard to do backwards. It's hard know? to do backwards, but then they could have at least consolidated the Wii and the Wii U's eShop. Yeah. That would have been at least a step. Because yeah. I could see, like, it'd be hard to consolidate portable eShop stuff with, yeah. you know, the console. <laughs> but, what the fuck? And, like, Aside from the fact that when you first boot up the system, there's a yeah, like a five gig update that will take most people about two hours to download, which that's going to screw a lot of kids on Christmas morning. You know, whoever wants to get a Wii, they fire it up and like, oh, Timmy, we'll, we'll 
Well, to be fair, do you have to download that update? I think so, because that's all the online functionalities. That, that, that's a what lot of the basic... What if you just want to go play Mario? I don't think you can. I think you have to wait for that update. Mm. And then you have to update, update all the specific games, which that's not new. But still, it's just like... Also, if you buy a basic set, that only has 8 gigs of storage space on there. If you're downloading a 5 gig update, you've just used up most of your storage space. And it's crazy. The ba- oh, All that shit aside... When you transfer stuff from the old Wii to the new Wii U, it has this hilarious animation of uh, the the Pikmins. The Pik- mm-hmm. Let me sh- my Pikmins. Let yeah. me show you them. Yeah. They come out and they grab all your Wii channels. Oh yeah. And they you show like because it's half hour long animation of them yeah. going through all the like the, the internet tubes yeah. between your old Wii and the new Wii U. Okay, that's actually and they really launch cute. into a spaceship and they t- like you need an SD card mm-hmm. and so when they load all the data onto your uh, SD card. You see them get into a spaceship, and then yeah. it asks you to, you know, take out the SD card and, and slap it into your Wii U. Uh-huh. And then you see the spaceship take off when you take it out. That's awesome. And then you slap it into the Wii U, and you see the spaceship land, and they all come out with all your channels. And they go, That's actually <laughs> really cute. <laughs> and again, it's like all going through the, the, the tubes inside the uh, the Wii U to put your data into the Wii U. That's very cute. That's very great. It would be great if they brought your money with it. You know? <laughs> So, at least if Nintendo's going to confuse you and make you want to punch them in the face, they'd be yeah. very cute. Yeah, that's all you can ask but for. But it's, it's funny, I'm ta- like, I haven't even talked about the games yet. I have Nintendo Land, and that's very cute. Man! Nintendo Land. I have nothing to say about it other than the Donkey Kong game is fantastic. And it has the best music in a Nintendo game since, like, the 80s. Wow, really? They brought back, like, 8-bit, like, do-do-do-do-do. It's, like, yeah. very cool, like, Super Mario Brothers kind of, like, cartoony uh, chip music. Yeah, that's and, awesome. And uh, Super Mario Brothers kind of lame. This is the first Super Mario Brothers game, and I'm kind of worried, kind of wondering if I may not even ever finish it. Hmm. Just because it's so much like all the other new Super I was going to say, Mario didn't you games? just play a Mario DS game? It like, came out like two months ago, and it's exactly ago? the same. It's a me, Mario Fatigue. <laughs> yeah, and they have the same music where it's like, blah, 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 where all the characters are all dancing. And... It used to be like, man, you went like years between Mario games. You've they, had, like... in the last, was it two or three years, they have released as many new Super Mario Brothers games as there ever were 8-bit Mario games on the original Nintendo or the uh, 16-bit Super Nintendo. Super Nintendo. Huh. Yeah, so... It's crazy. And those games were all completely different from each other. I mean, they were still basically running around jumping on Goombas and stuff, but, like, the they art were dramatically different, different. Like, with the exception of, like, Super Mario Brothers and Yoshi's Island, you know, yeah. those were... Yoshi's Island, But even yeah. then, you know. But, you know, yeah. Annie's fading, so I'm gonna shut up. I'm sorry, I'm just... Annie's ill. I'm sorry I can't be more emotionally excited Andy, in your Wii U talk. I can't imagine why you're not excited to hear me talk about this video game system that you can't play. The Miiverse stuff is really cute, though. I have to admit, that is something that um, if Xbox is smart, they will rip off. Because, like, the whole idea of communities well, around games, yeah, it's half the, the fun the is the drawing. thing is nice. You can still get away with it because it is, like, bringing kind of like almost like a Facebook functionality where you yeah. could, like, attach pictures and drawings to lengthy, or at least Twitter-length messages mm-hmm. So it's not just like on Xbox Live where it's just, you can see who's online and that's it, but you could actually interact with people and have communities about specific games. That's, yeah, that's a great... Though you could say that if they really go balls out with Surface, with the whole Surface thing... Well, they could emulate, Then yeah, they exactly, could yeah. they could do the art stuff, too. But who It'd knows? It'd be really cute. But that'd be do- it's not like a core function. It's like a... Not like a and, thing, you know, guess, you know, can you use a stylus with the Vita? Because then the Sony could technically so. do that with a future PlayStation product if they could pair the Vita with... Uh, this console seems dumb, but at the same time, it's really smart to have an integrated tablet. It's stupid. It's stupid smart. It's Flowers for Algernon, where it's got smart bits, but the parts <laughs> that are stupid are fucking knuckle-draggly stupid. That's right. Whatever. 
But yeah, I, I I don't think it's gonna it's obviously not gonna catch on nearly as well as the original Wii did. It's gonna confuse the it confuses the living shit out of people who play games not for a yeah. living, but like people that's their thing. I it's can't weird imagine what went... normal people would do. Yeah. This is gonna be like what? Why it's is this... it's weird they went from the most mainstream console to what arguably the most obtuse. Yeah, the most confusing kinda like it's trying to do so many things, but it doesn't do any of them particularly well. Yeah. Yeah, so whatever. It's not the end of the world. Here, whatever. I talk now. I saw Skyfall. <laughs> it was good. It good. I saw it with every single other couple in Portland, Oregon Did on you... Thursday Thanksgiving Eve. I'm not kidding. We went to the 9 o'clock showing on the day before Thanksgiving. I've never been in a theater that full. My joke is because everyone's thankful for Daniel Craig's butt. Every, all those girl, all those couples want to sit in the theater and hold hands and look at Daniel Craig's butt. Can we Craig's talk about butt. spoilers for Skyfall? What'd you think? It's not good. Me, you know. I liked it. It was a lot of fun. Everybody's right. It's good. Judy Dench. She's hot. That was awesome. That made me mad. What? I, I don't know if I want to go into spoilers. It was really good. It was really pretty. I thought it was really... The, Sam Mendes did an amazing job. I know, you know what? Half our listeners are from England, and this movie's already been out for like two months in England. <laughs> True. If you care that much about Skyfall, you and it's already actually been out in the States, yeah. the States for like three weeks. I really, really liked it. I liked Money Penny. I thought she was pretty great. Spoilers? Dude, it's a fucking jiggly... <laughs> I don't say her name until the very end, but I, guess you what? know who I hated Voldemort. Voldemort was terrible. No, Ray Fiennes is very good. Um, I thought Javier Bardem. Javier Bardem. Evil gay. He was great. He looks like a mashed potato. Do you like that his hair was the same color as Judy Dench's hair? That was a oh, nice. Was that was a nice touch. I thought she, he should have dressed like. Oh, that'd be great because when he like captures James Bond, yeah, that's what his. He should have <laughs> dressed like Judy Dench. <laughs> he should have and then sexually assaulted him. Yeah, just to really irk him out. Like, do you think like James Bond? He would not have the witty retort of like, "Do you think this is my first time?" He would not have been that witty. Judy Dash, yeah. Um, oh. that was really cute. I enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun. Um, it was beautiful. Like the cinematography, like some of the s- shots. Like every once in a while, they'd have an establishing shot and mm-hmm. actually be like, "Jesus Christ!" This movie. I really when uh, James when his house is burning. Yeah. James Bond has a house that burns down. <laughs> Spoilers. That's really just even like being out in this like swampy. I must have been a set or something like that. But it's just beautiful. like lighting was just really kind of felt kind of nicely hellish and stuff. Yeah. When they're in London, like they're like M six M sixteen's underground lair, yeah, that basement was great. lair that was kind of nice and gritty it was and funky. beautiful. It was beautiful. It was a gorgeous film. And so you didn't know that the score was by Thomas Newman. I did going into it. I love Thomas Newman. He's one of my favorite, um, uh, not cinematographers, um, score makers. And uh, no, I it was really funny to hear him do all his little Thomas Newman tricks in a James Bond oh, wow, movie. Wow. Just the. Of the actual James Bond. Yeah. What do you think of the lady who? Spoilers for Skyfall. 
who uh, Bardem shoots. Oh, oh it's uh, it's Numi's. Was she your cousin or sister? What? What's her relation? That's no, Olga. No, Numi Rapace's uh, ex-husband is the uh, spot uh, is is the assassin dude who puts a bullet in James Bond's chest at the beginning of the movie. Oh. Who James Bond later gets well, in the fight, like the silhouette, like one shot silhouette fight in Shanghai. I thought Chicky Poo was Olga Rapace. She's like some French, like Vietnamese chick. We're talking about. I'm Maybe talking I'm about talking the dude. People. No, yeah, no. The guy who plays the assassin who fucks up James Bond at the beginning. Yeah. Um, and who James Bond later, uh, just like, what does he? He doesn't throw him off the building. He just lets him slip. Uh, that that dude's name is like like Larry Rapace. And I saw his name in the <laughs> credits, and I'm like, is that like her, her brother? And I looked it up, and they're like, yeah, that's, you're absolutely correct. What's the dude's name? Ola. Ola. Ola, there we Rapace. go. That's what I'm talking about. But yeah, no, that's that's the one part of the Skyfall that kind of bummed me out was the was how they off the uh, wannabe Chinese. Show. Is she Barbara Broccoli? I saw that name in the credits, so I just started laughing. <laughs> no, that is the daughter of uh, oh, what's the guy's name? It's Broccoli. He's the producer who had been producing all the James Bond movies since they yeah. first started like fifty years ago. Oh yeah. Oh, I did like when uh, right before this podcast has officially gone off the rails. Now we're just saying names and talking about. <laughs> I like Broccoli Rapace. No, uh, when. Um, Bardem offers uh, Bond mm-hmm. the whiskey from 1962. Yeah. He's like, oh, it's very good 50-year love whiskey. Right, because right. you're 50 years old. Old man James Bond. <laughs> I did like how this whole movie was about how James Bond as a hero is kind of out of date. Yeah. That was Which great. Was that was very clever. Again, watching Skyfall, that whole movie is about how Sky, like James, like Daniel Craig is super young and it's his first mission. Are you talking about Casino Royale? Casino Royale. What did I say? You said Skyfall. Skyfall. Then, like, Skyfall is only two, it's two movies later, and he's already like, I'm so old. A lot of shit has happened in between there. What happened in Quantum of Solace? Well, no, I mean, the implicate, Bill, these are not the only three missions James Bond has ever gone on. Well, this is my my point, like, I had had mentioned online that uh, in James Bond time, three movies equals, like, 20 years (laughs) for James Bond. Like, yeah, Yeah. he's gone through so much. He's lived three lifetimes since the last uh, movie we've seen in it. But uh, it's still a little bit like, where do you go from was, here if he's already that old and funky? Well, it's not that he's old and funky. It's like he, he's hurt and he yeah. is getting, it's not a young, it is, he's not a young man anymore. But mostly it's about how the whole idea of the double, like this sort of agent thing is. is I didn't realize that. I think I was looking at, oh, the, the, the James, did you see the James Bond Blu-ray set that went on sale last night for $99? Yeah. Uh, I was, so I was looking up James Bond stuff last night and uh, I was like reading about how Sean Connery, he was, he only played James Bond his for nine years mm-hmm. and uh Daniel Craig's already played him for six and mm. assuming it takes another three years to make another movie if he only makes one more movie he'll have only played James Bond as many times and for as long as Sean Connery ever did mm. and John Connery quit because he got he thought he got too old for that yeah so that was kind of I don't know it's kind of interesting and wasn't Daniel Craig also the youngest actor to be he was so, it's not like he's getting old. I do like his scruffy gray chin hair. Oh, God. No, Daniel Craig. Let's take a minute to talk about this. Daniel Craig has the most awesome facial hair. He always has. He's always had this because his beard, you know, he, he's got the kind of blondish eyebrows. And then his beard grows in. Viking look. And he gets like the. He, he used to be blonde. He would yeah. have like basically the goatee region, for lack of a better word, would be blondish. And now it's getting the gray in it. There's a scene in the movie where James Bond is about to shave, shave his stubble off. And my wife and I both in the theater went, no! At least he gets shaved off by a hot black lady. That, ha- that, that counts for something. Um, 
he's yeah. got the most perfect. How is it that like his perfect. family home gets blown up? He don't give a shit. Not until the car. Because it's his car. His 1964 Aston Martin gets blown up. I like that's when oh shit that was shit what it, got Because he actually cared about his car. Yeah. I love the audience. So like I said, the theater's packed full of couples going yeah. to see James Bond. They all loved the movie. They had a great time. That's a good movie. The it's two, a great popcorn movie. The two things that got the most response out of everyone in the theater, the first one was when the car arrived. Yeah. The entire theater went, oh! <gasps> <laughs> like, there was, there was a gas. It's just like, oh, I gotta get my car. And you were like, oh. All of the air sucked out of the room as everyone was gasping at the same <laughs> time. A few people started clapping and some cheering happened. It was great. The second thing that got the biggest rise was um, at the end of the movie when the villain is defeated. He spins around, and his response to being defeated made everyone what was bust the what shit was. up laughing. When he gets down the back, he turns around, and he's just, he makes this exasperated sound like, ugh. <laughs> 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 it was the best. It was totally in character, oh, and so funny, and not, not inappropriate. I need to see that again. Oh, so, and everybody just uh, fucking died. I it wish they had taken out the wannabe uh, Sean Connery dude. I still think His name that- was Albert Finney. I know. It was I'm Albert sure. Finney. He's supposed to be Sean Connery. Come on, <laughs> old Scottish dude who just hasn't been keeping a uh, keeping a watch after the. Uh, the I bomb know. I, you went on to your whole. It should have been Sean Connery thing. Albert Finney is not a bad plan. I B. just. I know. I know. He's not a bad character. I just kind of wish uh, M had been a little more proactive at the end. I mean, she does make yeah. little Home Alone bombs. That but was I wish, great. I wish I wish it actually kind of wish it had been just Bond and her. At the she's end. not an agent. I know she's. I would like the insinuation that maybe she had been. Like maybe she washed. Maybe them. she. She could have been a money penny where she was maybe did some field work like way back in the day. And I like the idea that became, she's just strategic. I know, but part of me wishes like that. Like she could still use a gun. She not says she was always a bad shot, which I loved. Yeah, I know. I it was know. great. I think I do not. I think it would have been weird had she turned like a bit of badass at the end. But like, uh, like the fact that she just it was disappointing that she was wounded. a damsel. That yeah, was, that's what I'm I can understand I wish, that. Yeah, but I think it would have been weird had the old lady pencil pusher whipped out a gun and mowed down a motherfucker. I like the story is really M's story because yes, it's all about shit is. coming back to haunt her, and she knows she's fucked up. She knows she's got this coming to her, and it would have been nice to see her. Being a little more proactive in what happens at the end of the movie. Even if you like listen to the theme song, when it crumbles. Yeah. It's kind of like M's song because so he's talking about, Adele. we gotta go fight Skyfall! Yeah. It, I hadn't considered that. It is yeah, it's kind of sound from your perspective a little bit. Yeah. Your, your tone, opening, your, your, your note was so high, it broke clarity through the my disease mind. sequence was cool. That was beautiful. And I liked that it was actually his dream sequence. He got saved by Mer- What? It was, it was his dream. That was all in his head. No, it was Mermaids. Blood mermaids. <laughs> I liked that it was like it was nightmarish because it was actually his nightmare. So uh, this is one thing that's controversial in the movie, which is slightly confusing. Uh, there's a whole uh, big part of the end of Skyfall, as if we were spoiling it. Like if you're still listening, like you give a shit. Uh, a big part of the movie is Javier Bardem's. He's uh, he's fucking with them because he's releasing the real names of a lot of MI6 agents. Yeah. And I thought what what they were gonna do with that was gonna be him threatening to reveal James Bond's real name. Because a lot of people, especially with the reboot of James Bond with Casino Royale, assumed that this series would embrace the idea that James Bond is not a singular person, but it's an identity that different mm-hmm. agents... Yeah. Uh, uh, it's a mantle that they all claim. Yes. Much and, like in the original Casino Royale. Well, yeah, exactly. But, well, yeah, with the Casino Royale, with uh, that showing 
Because obviously Casino Royale fucks up like continuity. If you assume that the, all these James Bonds are the same guy, yeah, that shows him he's that shows him becoming a secret. It's, it shows the, that movie begins with his first two kills, yeah, and him first getting double o double o seven status, mm-hmm. and so that works if you assume that he's just okay. This new guy get, coming in just taking the role of James yeah. Bond. And so I thought maybe they might kind of play around with that. Maybe if they don't come and explicitly say it out loud, they kind of contemplate the fact that, like, oh, what if they find out what Daniel Craig's real name is and yeah. it's not really James Bond? But then he goes back to his Yeah, he goes home, home and he's James. And his parents are buried there. Which and they also, they show the other agents and, like, their real names. Yeah, and, and he, I thought they were kind of leading up to that. And then they preclude that actually being a thing by, yeah, showing that yeah, Daniel Craig actually grew up where at the Bond house. Yeah. Unless they just give that house to everyone who pretends to be Bond. Of like, course. Here's your tragic backstory, James. Here's <laughs> Just like in Rick and Ralph, he's programmed yeah, the exactly. most tragic yeah, backstory yeah, yeah. possible. So yeah, no, it wasn't bad. It was just, they could have milked that a little more. Yeah. But no, it was, yeah. But now we got Ray Fiennes and uh, 28 Days Later being James Bond's buddies for the next couple of movies. Mm-hmm. Have you even ever seen 28 Days Later, Speaking of Zombies? That's no. where Money Pays from. I watched the first five minutes of it and I was like, nope. Yeah. I don't like gore. I don't like zombies. Again, I should not be playing The Walking <laughs> she Dead. She almost get raped in that, so yeah. Oh, great. I'll watch it right now. No, the, the, the end of that movie is her almost getting raped by Doctor Who. Just further proving there's only three actors in England. My, what movie? Oh, when I went to go see The Master, my wife stayed at home and watched this movie called The Whistleblower on Netflix. Foley was like, I, maybe I'll save this to watch with you, and I'm I going to see The Master. I'm like, maybe I should wait and see this with Foley. And we both decided, no, 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 you go see that movie, I'll go see this movie. At the end of it, we both went back to each other and looked at each other Thank and said God, at pretty much the yeah. same time, I liked that movie. You would have hated it. I'm so glad we didn't do that. Because The Whistleblower is all about sex trafficking. Rachel Weiss really? plays a NATO cop who uncovers that there are people within... Um, this um, uh, humanitarian organization they're engaged in sex trafficking. She See, I hear true sex trafficking. I just picture naked uh, traffic cops. Jesus. That, no, that's not what I mean. No. And, uh, yeah, <laughs> she's like, Rich Weiss is so beautiful, but the movie is so depressing, you can never watch it. She, what she did instead was she just took lots of screenshots of Rachel Weiss in the best moments because it's Rachel Weiss being a butch cop and I'm yeah. like I want to watch that movie I'll never watch that movie watch it with the sound off while like listening to really peppy Built. music like clown clippy music <laughs> because sex traffic isn't visually <laughs> upsetting either is there, por- is there sexy p- not sexy parts that's the ultimate irony sex trafficking is not sexy that's, that's <laughs> oh, why anti-sex no. trafficking uh, awareness. Uh, speaking of, of sexuality, um, I'm going to okay. ch- twist the subject around a little bit here. Um, really good article I read online this week on Rock Paper Shotgun. Um, Patricia Hernandez had a great article on Fallout 2 and its importance to her as a young woman. Did you read this article? Mm. Really, really I good. Linked to it, but I didn't read it. Really, really good. Fallout has always been a super important video game to me, and I could never ever really pin down the reasons why. Um, and, uh, it did a very good job of kind of examining why, though her experience is very different from mine. She's, a uh, young, she grew up, uh, from a family of immigrants, and they all came over for the American dream and all this, and, you know, she, she had to be, I, I think they were from Salvador, I no. can't remember now. Um, the, uh, the whole family kind of had these expectations that she would grow up and go to college, be the first person in the family to go to college, earn all this money and share it with the family. And, like, and there's all, they just had to get to America to make this all come true. And she's talking about playing Fallout as a young person made her realize for the first time that the American dream 
isn't necessarily all it's cracked up to be because America yeah. it followed is all about you know the government manipulating people and ultimately corporations gaining personhood and all this. Yeah, itself, exactly. Yeah. And beyond that, it allows it. Her game was all her life was all set up in these norms that she had to live and Fallout. And this is true for me too. Is the first game that she played where she could avoid those norms and like or she could she could transgress and it's not seen as a transgression in the game like the example that she calls out uh, the implications that she's a lesbian now and during the game there's the first game she's ever played where she made a character that she kind of based on herself and named after herself mm-hmm. one of the first things that happened in fallout 2 which by the way is about a um culture that's thrusting this young person as their savior out into the world yeah that's oh, right yeah. so she saw a lot of resonance yeah because the person's got to get the water chip or whatever uh that's fallout one oh, fallout okay. two you have to leave because that's not the point i can't yeah. remember yeah, now it's, there's a hundred days and you're fucked um you well the first things you do is you get meet this brother and sister and you can seduce either one of them and she seduced the woman, and she was because she was like it had never occurred to her that she could even pick that option in life, much less in a game before. Yeah. And the fact that the game lets you do it like it's no big thing. And then what happens is whichever one you choose, the dad barges in on you both naked, and he's like, "What are you doing? You have to marry him slash her." And you get forced into this wedding. Oh wow! And then you're you're saddled with this person, and then as the game goes on, you can sell them to slavers, you can abandon them, you can kill them, you can do whatever you want. But like this game opens with in whatever. Jesus gender Christ. you are you can seduce whichever gender sibling yeah and she was talking about how that was huge for her and i was thinking about it and i was like holy shit i never thought about that i've been thinking about this a lot this week that game i played a dude because i always pretty much up until mass effect and my second playthrough of mass effect if there's a game that allows me the option of playing male or female i would always pick a dude because growing up i was a big old tomboy you know Boys like boys get to do all the cool stuff. Guys get to do all the cool stuff. Why would I want to be a girl? It was always like kind of my subconscious reaction to things. Yeah. And I remember playing Fallout Two with my guy and picking the brother and be like, "Holy shit! Really? What the fuck?" And I had the exact game, same thing. Yeah. And I was thinking about this a lot this week. And I'm like, man, how much less baggage would I have had I chosen? Had I been a woman and seduced the sister? Because I've been thinking about this a lot this week. My wife has been watching Xena. I I can man Xena. I have not watched Xena since it was on the air, pretty much. But I was thinking about it. Oh, I see. So you've been watching lots of Parks and Recreation, which led you guys to watching Xena because not you, at all. Actually, oh, it was yeah, just yeah. on Netflix, and Fully was sick, and she was like, Spoilers, "I need Xena shows food. up on Parks and Recreation." Yeah, this yeah. season, Lucy Lawless shows up. She fully needed um, basically junk like comfort food TV. Yeah. So she turned on some Xena, and I was thinking about it. Xena was the first time I had ever seen, even subtextually, a lesbian relationship at all. Mm-hmm. Pretty much until I moved to Portland. I'm not kidding. I didn't know any open lesbians in my entire life before I met people on the internet and moved to Portland. So you think you would have gone gay earlier if you played Fallout? Not necessarily that. I'm thinking about this. I have a lot of, I don't want to say self-loathing, but I am, growing up, my mom always told me it's okay to be gay, but she had gay male friends. I had gay male friends. Gay male friends were always part of this perceived normalcy to me. Not necessarily normalcy, but not like the other in any way and i was thinking about it some more even then it's like of course i'm comfortable with with dudes being well, gay. Not... because dudes are always like the guy was always like in my brain it was like well you want to be a guy yeah 
And if you want to be a guy, then of course you want to be a yeah, guy. Guys are awesome. Yeah. Well, no, that's not what it is. It's just like the, when I was a kid, like manhood always seemed like this ideal. Like it, I grew up oh, army okay. brat. Yeah, that is kind of you know, and like, yeah. like I didn't really think about this until I read this article. I was like, holy shit! All of a sudden, all this shit started like making sense in my head. Granted, everybody makes mythologies of who they are and why they are away, but all of a sudden, I was like, shit! Of course, I grew up military brat. In the army, you know, you're dude, you can be a soldier, you can serve your country, you can do all these things you can't if you're a woman. Catholicism is the same way. If you're a man, you can be a priest, you can serve the community, the apostles, like, dudehood is, like, the ultimate personhood. And I was like, and, and like, the whole idea of, to this day, I am still kind of uncomfortable with lesbians, which is ridiculous! (laughs) I'm married to a woman, but my woman, my wife, is the most butch woman is it still recording? No. Oh, no. Actually, I'm just making notes. Sexual identity. I, it was like, all of a sudden, I was like, Jesus Christ. My woman, is, my wife is the most, mas- like, pretty much as masculine as you can get. Well, still be, she's very feminine. But she's, like, being very masculine is huge. And gender, gender is very fluid and all this. Yeah, exactly. But yeah. it was kind of weird. I was suddenly like, shit, how much, how much healthier would my brain be had I just been a woman? And explored that at that age, as opposed to being You just made, like, one 20... or two button clicks different at the beginning of that game. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's, like, as to being 23 years old and meeting a lesbian for the first time. It's, like, and it never even occurring to me, like, that lesbians were part of the... Hey, you've gone gay earlier and, like, I don't know been in a relationship and never moved to Portland? I, you never know how, like, if, if, if you if you woken up to something in your head a little bit earlier and a different thing, you, that, 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 that one little drop of something can cause a ripple that affects the... I'm just yeah. saying, any any cloud atlas. <laughs> uh, no, but it's, like that could have yeah. been your life could be different. It's just weird. That. Yeah, it's. But I mean, think that that could have been a result of playing a goddamn video game. Yeah, just because I remember, like I remember that I remember that feeling distinctly in Fallout. That was the first time I ever got to interact with that in a safe way. Yeah, which is weird to think that it was all Fallout. Fallout Two is really. Those games are really important to me. And it was reading this article. It's a really good article, but it was like a total flashback. It was like this whole thing where it's like yeah, my we'll parents didn't that know that it was all this to this. I, I, they can't have known the kind of games I was playing. Like they would not have let me play these games if they know yeah. what was in them. And uh, I certainly was too young to be playing them, but it was like playing them was huge. How old were you, were you when you played Fallout 2? It was a couple years after it came out. I got it in a two pack from the PX. Like late teenager? I, I think younger. No, really? I think it was okay. like 12 or 13. Oh, Jesus. Okay. So know. that could have been a really found, fundamental part of your sexual identity as a kid. Well, I don't know. I don't, yeah. Like I said, that wasn't really... It's not no, like... No, but I'm just saying, not, this, not, not that I'm suggesting you would have gone gay because of something that happened to Fallout 2, but that would have just planted a little seed of something of like, like would have let you see something in yourself or something in the world just a little bit differently enough to... Which is the whole thing of this article, is yeah. that Fallout 2 allowed her to see the world in a way that she wouldn't have otherwise. Hmm. It came out in 1998. Okay, maybe I was older than I think. Okay, yeah. It came out when I was 14. Maybe I didn't get it in a two-pack. No, because I remember that cover. Uh, can this week's podcast tell me, I don't want to set your vagina on fire? I didn't know I could. Well, the, that was for, I think, I don't want to set the world on fire... That was they saved that for Fallout Three because they wanted to use it. I think for Fallout. Yeah, you were telling me they couldn't get the rights to that originally. Yeah. Um, I think the intro music to um. No, that's a different thing than sexual identity in video games. But um, I think the um the to Fallout Two is um a kiss to hold a dream on, which is why that game, which is why that song is. Did you play as a woman in Fallout Three? Yeah, you could. (laughs) Yes, you could, Bill. 
And I played a dude, which is rare, because I tend to play as ladies in most things, just to see what it's like as the lady experience in those games. It never occurred to me to be a woman until Foley made me be a woman in Mass Effect. I swear to God. Never occurred to me. You would totally have part in the whole part, subconscious. Part of the game. Yeah. Totally That is sub, weird to like, think that you would have this like, idealized idea of manhood, which totally makes sense, but yeah. like I'm so used to looking... So I'm better off being gay. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I still I still am very drawn to that, per, like, this, guy, this, this masculine ideal. You know, so is my wife. That's one of the reasons why we're meant to be together. I asked you once, would it be better if, if you had to be a Fuda or a dude? You seem horrified at the idea of being a dude, but being a chick with a dick. Dude, I, that is not how I would respond. I would never want to be a chick with a dick. That's what I'm saying. It's a little too complicated. You'd rather just be a, dick, a guy if you had to be. Being, I like, I mean, being a lady is better off because you could, it's better to be a lady and transgress with male gender. Oh, no, yeah, that's another, that's a whole different vice thing, versa. Yeah. God bless, you know? Yeah. Anyway, it's a really good article. Also, if you're a chick with Follow a dick, too. how are your underwear going to fit? I don't think they make. Because dudes have that, like, that, that penis sock and all dudes underwear. Have you seen that? Dude, it all depends. With women, you usually got more junk in the trunk room. That's why my wife can wear um, men's underwear because what she lacks in penis region, she makes up in she wear under- amazing buttocks. <laughs> so That's it all works out. I just like the idea of trying to trick uh, ladies into thinking that all uh, dude underwear just has a giant penis sleeve. I just picture fully with her underwear with an empty penis sleeve. Does anyone actually use the Y front? No, because like, yeah, yeah, if you just, yeah, no. It just seems confusing to me. I mean, in women, you can get boy underwear that has the Y front and it's sewn clothes. And I look at it sometimes like, is this how it is on dude underwear? Have they with ladies underwear? Have they ever done anything like a zipper right down the crotch or anything? No. It's fucking stupid. <laughs> I'm sure you can buy vinyl underwear with a zipper oh, right down the crotch. Oh, you can buy crotch. crotchless underwear if you wanted to, but yeah, that, that's not, that's not the same thing. Yeah, but. Anyway, should we call that a break? Jesus with Christ. that conversation? Eight hours later. We'll come back for the Geek Week interview. If I had to be a dude with a vagina or a whole lady, I would choose to be a lady. I feel like it's got to be not... If you're going to switch genders, go all the way. And not only that, you know, it's going to be... You're going to have difficult enough time navigating... Well, assuming that you only had to live like that for a week. Say you don't have to live this. Let's get really granular with this. I'll just say If you can switch genders, but only from Monday (laughs) to 1 p.m. If you had to choose to be a mermaid or a centaur... (laughs) What do you have to choose? Mermaid, you have to stay in water. A centaur, you can't drive. Bill, I would rather be a Winnem. Let's take a deep, deep, a brief break, friends. We'll come back for the Geek Week interview. What the hell's a Winnem? A Winnem. A Winnem. Is that from, uh, 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 It's uh, from, uh, the... Uh, the dude up in the sky. No, not the dude up in the sky. The dude with the... <laughs> dude who gets he tall. He sits on the little people. He gets tall. He gets small. <laughs> no, that's from Gulliver's Travels, Yes, right? it is from Gulliver's Travels. That's the horse people. Winnem. What are Winnems? Are they just, are they just horse horses people. that drive cars? Pretty sure. <laughs> And with that, we'll come back for the Geek Week interview. Alright friends, it is time for the Geek Week interview. Andy, tell us what happened below. Larry, I'm going to say this name wrong, it's going to make you mad, Kazdan? Yes. I forgot about this news. Larry Kazdan is co-writing and co-producing the new Star Wars trilogy, Hot Damn Says Bill. Everyone is shitting themselves in anger because he's made a lot of terrible movies. Yeah. Uh, Larry Kazdan, he's a screenwriter, director who got his start in Hollywood. Um, He wrote and directed, no, he wrote The Empire Strikes Back and and Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah. The best movies ever made. Yeah. But then he went on, he did like, was it like Body Heat? 
Like Dreamcatcher and yeah. Wyatt Earp. He did Dreamcatcher? Yes. Dreamcatcher is actually the worst movie I've ever seen. That's a lot of love. Wow. From the writer-director of Dreamcatcher comes new Star well, Wars. Well, to be fair, no, William Goldman wrote Dreamcatcher based on the book by Stephen King. I love all three of those guys. I know! And it is the most amazing turn. Like, seriously. Guys, I'm not I've even never, kidding. I could never bring myself to see it because I've heard... It sounds it terrible. Friends, the story sounds stupid. If you guys want to see a movie about a gang of kids <laughs> who have who meet uh, who have superpowers, who meet I about the, a retarded little weasels. boy obsessed with Scooby Doo, who's actually an alien, so they can fight shit weasels. Meanwhile, one of them has a house inside his head, a literal house that he escapes to, and when he escapes to it, <laughs> he can see out the windows that are out his eyes, and you know his body is taken over because suddenly he speaks with a British accent. Uh, that is, is Dreamcatcher. <laughs> this is demonstrably more on Stephen King than it is on Roy <laughs> Goldman. Or, uh, it is legit. Oh if any God. of you guys really want to have a movie night, you're like, I want to watch a really bad movie, get drunk, watch Dreamcatcher. Well, the rumors are the new Star Wars sequels, uh, the bad guys will use. Shit weasels? Shit weasels. <laughs> they, well, they create a bubble that they the call force them can't weasels. penetrate. Yeah. So that's how you fight as Jedi is you get oh, a no, shit no. weasel. <laughs> no, I got, I got you better, Bill. Shit weasels are just enlarged <laughs> midichlorians. <laughs> They're the midichlorians trying to get out of your body. <laughs> I can't stand Have you ever taken a dump and all of a sudden your Jedi powers are gone? <laughs> I can't stand the shit weasels. <laughs> oh, my God, I think most people passed a shit weasel after watching Attack of the Clones. Oh, my God. So, yeah, no, that's, I mean, it's. I, so far, they've done everything that you would think a recipe for a good Star Wars movie would require, and that they got rid of George Lucas, they brought back the guy who wrote the best Star Wars movie yeah. ever made. Unless they hand it off, unless they get, like, Tim Burton to direct these. <laughs> I mean, there's a, at least going to be interesting to see how these turn out. Well, Larry Kasdan, he's also writing and co-producing, so it's not like he's just, like, he's going to be kind of in charge of the create. Uh, uh, creatively in charge of uh, the movies. Mm -hmm. And he's not a bad writer. And he's really good when he's doing the kind of 1930s, 40s, pulpy stuff. That's why Raiders yeah. Lost Ark is so good. That's why, yeah. you know, The Empire Strikes Back was so good. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, no, but that's fantastic. And, like, this is a recipe for potential goodness. It could be shit weasel heaven. Who knows? <laughs> we'll see. It can go on. Man, did I tell you oh, about man. my solo fan fiction? No. About my lady solo. What I think the sequel should be about. I think the sequel should be about... Did you see me flipping out about this on Twitter? I had a whole Possibly. thing. I scrolled past. <laughs> I, I can't fucking blame you. <laughs> no, but I, I think what the Star Wars uh, sequel trilogy should be... You know, it's like 30 years later, it's a whole new generation, because each trilogy is about a different generation of the Skywalker family. Right. Luke doesn't have kids, because he's too busy putting together the Jedi Academy to be making babies. Right. So You mean younglings. But he's got to try to fucking Skywalker to take shit over when he die. Yeah. Someday, because he old, because he old yeah. Mark Hamill now. He's yeah. all like, I sound more like the Joker when I sound like Luke Skywalker. Yeah. I need some help. So what he does, he goes like, I'm going to go talk to, who's my sister? <laughs> Leia. Leia. Who's her husband? Han. Han. Where's your Han Skywalker? Yeah, Han Skywalker. Because exactly. <laughs> when they get married, she makes him <laughs> take her name. Exactly. And he's like, bitches, where your kid at? And they're like, where's our kid? You mean our sexy daughter? Uh, so-and-so solo? Actually, that's going to be your name. So-and-so solo. <laughs> I just Han Solo, for Christ's sakes. That's not beyond the, re the reckoning of Star Wars to have a character named so-and-so solo. 
Uh, where's so and so solo played by Kobe Smulders, who is now Lady Solo, who has also now inherited the Millennium Falcon? I like how Kobe Smulders wearing a cat suit and saying five sentences was all that it took for you to yeah, fan cast her. She was badass in that. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's the name of this week's episode. So it's solo. Um, but no, would she not make a good son of Leia and Han Solo? She would. And so the idea that you get this person who's more of kind of like a renegade, she, uh, she inherited yeah. the Millennium Falcon. God knows she probably even bums around with uh, Chewie sometimes because Chewie's still young because, you know, it's only 30 years later. And when you're yeah. a 200 year old creature like yeah. Chewie, that's not nothing. Yeah. So Chewie's still up for adventure. He's still, you know, so he's going to be hanging out with, uh, you know, I, I don't know if she's still going to be wearing it. It's a vest like Han Solo and stuff. But she's kind of a badass just bowing around the galaxy. But she gets called up by Luke saying, hey, you're the only living descendant of you're you're the one last viable member of the skywalker clan mm-hmm. you need to become a jedi uh please forget about the part where your grandfather went crazy and killed most of the galaxy and there's the rest of the movie about her learning about responsibility but mm-hmm. she's also using her ties with the criminal underworld because you know she's probably i don't know if she's a smuggler but you know she's kind of a little bit of a renegade mm-hmm. and so she's kind of badass jedi mm-hmm. and stuff would be cool I don't know why suddenly talking like, yeah, they're cool, yeah, <laughs> Lady Solo Adventures. It's because, Bill, you're Stein. presenting this in a goofy way to mask how deeply you feel that oh, this Oh, I got this on, oh man, it's so, it's... Now it's, you're going to be really upset with whatever the I, other children have. I have done... Don't, have you not learned your lesson about looking forward or anticipating anything you know, regarding the Star is, Wars? Like, I, never came, I never, like, aside from assuming that there would be a love triangle between... Uh, Obi Wan Kenobi, Anakin, Anakin, and, and, and Obi Wan. That's the only thing I really assumed would happen because they had a little bit of love triangle in the in the first trilogy. And yeah. I thought there would be a little bit of something. I still like think that. that's a huge. That was a huge mistake. Well, according to George Lucas, I think he had had originally thought about that too, but he still, I, for some reason, he scuttled that. And uh, it'd be great if every if every Star Wars trilogy were about this love triangle and this well, intergalactic conflict. Well, it's kind of nice if you have and... echoes between each of the three yeah. stories. That could totally make sense. Yeah. I mean, there are some echoes between the shitty prequels and the good, and the good original trilogy, yeah. too. And so, it's like, there would be some of that stuff that would work its way into a sequel. But yeah, this is the first time... This just fully popped, fully formed in my Bill, head. Bill, how did the droids secretly cause everything to happen? Oh, that's a good That's where you need to blend in. Uh, she has turned R2 in a giant, giant sex droid that she makes see through people watch as uh, R2 pleasures her. Are you done? Can I go on to the next point? Just saying, Smolder's dressed like Han Solo and being a I'm hero in, in, with a lightsaber this, with a theory. slightly refurbished Millennium Falcon. Yeah. Yeah. And but like, uh, like Han and Leia, but they would only show up for ten seconds. They would essentially be the Uncle Owen and Aunt Beru of the new Star Wars yeah. trilogy. Yeah. And uh, who's the old guy? Luke. <laughs> I'm tired, too. Uh, no, he would be the Obi-Wan. Yeah. Who knows if he dies or not. Yeah. But, you know, that would be kind of the echoing thing where you have yeah. the characters from the previous trilogy really totally. kind of show up as mentors in the next one. Yeah. Yeah! Yeah. I'm down, Bill. You don't care about Send your notes. You're looking at me no, like I a do. No, genuinely. You! Bill, I, I'm serious. The last pre... Like, when the prequels came out, when Phantom Menace came out, I was so excited. I was once like you, Bill. I don't know. I dared to hope. Well, and I was broken so severely. I I can't hope anymore. Between this and being sick, you're just kind of looking at me right now. It's just kind of like this look of, like, pity, and just kind of like you want to take a nap. It's like, I'm just... Pity nap. Yeah. Pity so, nap. Anyway, that's my Star Wars rant. Bill, who is Tyrus Wong, and why should I care about their Kickstarter? Oh, oh, you didn't click on the link. Tyrus Wong... Oh, shit, I forgot who he was, too. <laughs> Wong is brushstrokes in Hollywood. Uh-huh. That's uh, Tyrus Wong. He was actually, uh, he was an artist uh, back in the 30s and 40s 
who uh, he did a lot of work for Disney. Mm-hmm. Uh, his uh, artwork was the inspiration for a lot of the design in Bambi. Oh, okay. He did a lot of traditional Chinese painting stuff. Awesome. And so, but a, uh, essentially, there's a Kickstarter right now uh, to uh, a thirty-five thousand dollar Kickstarter for a lady named Pamela Tom to create a documentary about him and his influence on Disney animation. Oh, awesome. That's kind of cool. I don't know if he's still alive. He'd have to be fucking ancient by now. But, uh, yeah, like, uh, oh, man, he did really pretty, like, Chinese painting stuff. Yeah, so that's one Kickstarter. We have a whole bunch of Kickstarter stuff on, on, on the list this week. Yeah, the next Kickstarter thing is Ryan North. <laughs> awesome Ryan North of Dinosaur Comics and also um, the excellent Adventure Time uh, comics from yeah. Boom. Uh, he has done a Kickstarter and succeeded already, but it's still worth investing in. Uh, he has a choose-your-own-adventure Hamlet. This is a brilliant idea. He has written an entire choose-your-own-adventure game or book for adults. Book. Yeah. yeah. And with all these illustrations by all these great internet artists with Hamlet. It's brilliant. Ryan North is one of those guys where I will give him money at every turn because he, he has done a lot of great things for the internet. He created Project Wonderful. He created Ono oh Robot. He, I mean, Dinosaur Comics is amazing. He is one of those people who's only given so many wonderful things to the community, and dude deserves all Ooh. the support I can Did give him. Did you see how badly it's doing now? How much has he raised? Because he blew the doors off there his, when he needed like, <sighs> he the first He was asking day. for $20,000? Yeah. What's he at oh, now? Oh, man. What's I he feel at? bad for him. Phil, I get your joke. How many How many times over his goal has he made? Uh, Five times. <laughs> yeah? He's made over $100,000. God bless him, he's dude. Got, but the pity is he's only got 26 days left to go. <laughs> he only raised $100,000 in a week. Man. I mean, uh, dude's smart, because what he did is So we can edit this out of the podcast, because there's no reason why we have to tell people. <laughs> well, but it is incredibly intelligent. Well. I'm always intrigued by Kickstarters, how they do well and how they succeed, and, like, things that use one strategy that really succeed, and another thing that uses more or less the same strategy and doesn't. So with the Choose Your Own Adventure Hamlet, one thing he did that was very smart was he went to a lot of prominent web artists and said, will you draw illustrations? And probably they'll just be doing a page. And I would imagine they'll be, like, doing, like, yeah, a couple spot illustrations. Yeah, but he, so, what that means, when this launched, all these prominent web artists were like, hey, here's this project I'm involved in. And it's They're a fun-sounding project. Exactly, it's a great pitch, and there are people like, Kate Beaton, boop. Here's my five dollars. Yeah. yeah, it's like I mean I'm you know, it's yeah. a great I mean it's a great thing, but it's interesting. So he uses that to great success. And granted it's a great pitch. Then the next thing Bill has as a notes is the LA Game Space Kickstarter. LA Game Space is an, a non profit um, institution to basically help indie game makers make games and it's gonna be an actual physical space in Los Angeles. You guys can't see it, but Anna keeps on licking the back of her hand while she's Dude, talking. Dude, I've got a hair in my mouth. Her... Oh did you you know it's okay. You don't have to tell people that you spent $180 on that Vita. You bought $180 on that like those motion control brain wave reading cat ears. It's okay. Yes. I understand I've been trying to figure out how to tell you Bill. Hurry. Oh were you the one posting the Robin Hood Disney uh animation art to Tumblr? Yeah. That shit's fucking gorgeous. Yeah. Man, anyway. I'm I tumbled something that was pretty. I just thought about furries, and of course I go to Toughestfrail.tumblr.com. I post pretty things. Yeah. Um, the uh, LA Game Space, their whole thing, granted, they're asking for $250,000. Yeah, I don't know it's how well more abs. It's not doing great. It's much more abstract, um, but they did more or less the same thing, where they have a lot of these prominent, like, one of their things that they pitched with was the creator of Katamari Damacy. If you pitch into this game, you will get a new game by that guy. Um, they got Penn Ward on it. They've got all these people involved in it. All these prominent That's, indie game people. Yeah. They're making, how much do they have right now? They have less than $100,000. And they yeah. need, they're asking for a quarter million and they only have 12. That's weird. That, that's Kickstarter in a nutshell for you. Ryan North asked for $20,000. Yeah. Gets more money than these guys got in a week. These guys only have a week left in their Kickstarter. Yeah. 
they essentially they should have gone to Ryan North to get money <laughs> to Pretty make much. this game space thing. To but be fair, video games that that's a lot of a lot of fans of these people who have money to spare. Mm-hmm. You think this Kickstarter would be doing better? And like the idea is that they build this game space, and so it's a place for uh, uh, game creators to go and make new games. Granted, you don't get you, you do get an immediate thing where you get game. They, they will give you thirty games if you donate to this Kickstarter. Mm-hmm. But it's weird that like I don't know, maybe it's too much of an abstract notion that you're just I think that's a space, the problem. You're creating space for other people rather than just pre- like pre-ordering a product for yourself, which you're kind of yeah. doing with the Hamlet book. Yeah, but yeah, that's that's weird about how yeah this game space thing may fail because it's only got twelve days to go and it still needs to make. Another another hundred fifty thousand dollars. Yeah, and yeesh, that's Bless rough. Him. Yeah, but it's got the yeah backing of Penn Ward, Katamari Damacy guy. Yeah, the folks who did Hotline Miami and yeah, like, all sorts like... of these. It's not, and no small potatoes. They got the mm. the faces, a lot of big faces in the indie game community. Those guys. Yeah, I feel oh, yeah. bad for them. But it's you don't know, t- Kickstarter man. It's, it's Kickstarter. It's it's kind of a weird alchemy sometimes. But it, to be fair, they've both made the same amount of money, and one is a huge success, and one is a huge failure. Yeah, well, that, yeah. It's, it's all about your goals. Yeah. It's all what your goals are. You know. At least it's not a fun. My life, my babies are gonna starve. Please give me money. Bill. In other news, Activision abruptly yanks the Nukedown 2025 pre-order multiplayer map from circulation in Blops 2 with no explanation and less than a week after the game out, only mentioning via Twitter that the map, quote, may return in the future, quote, for special events, unquote. Um, folks who pre-ordered specifically get to that map, which I was one of them, um, who presumed it to be a part of the game. I love Nuketown. That's the only map I like playing See, I never on. played the original Blob, so the I, this is all lost on me. Nuketown is one of the only maps I actually like really? on Call of Duty. It's, it's, it's one of those maps where it's just tiny, so okay. shit just happens See, that's fast because I love that my favorite maps in, like, multiplayer games are always, like, the biggest, widest. Well, see, the thing is, the difference between you and I is that I want to play multiplayer for 15 minutes, yeah. and I'm going to get my bang out of that 15 minutes, and then I'm done. I'm super bummed because there's only one big Halo 4, one big really sprawling uh, map that yeah. they brought over from Halo 3, where it's like all kinds of vehicles and tanks and shit like that. There's only one. I wish there were more maps yeah. like that. Anyway. But to be fair, bring there back, was... Bring back uh, Blood Gulch, motherfuckers. There was a huge outcry about this, and it did suck. What, what was the shittiest thing of all was literally the description... When you went into the game, because you when you go to pick your map, it'd be like main maps, and there was DLC maps. Yeah. So you go to DLC. The only option right now is Nuketown 2025. And the description was just Nuketown, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, we never close. And then they take it away. And less than a week after it, like the game came out. So what sucked was that you could still play the map online, but only if you made a custom match, which means that you earned... A lot of people are going to do that. Well, yeah. no, you earn no experience. Yeah. And you would not level up. Well, not so, a lot of people do that. A lot of people, most people tend to play online. You just want to pop in. Yeah. yeah. But I played, the only only player I played was Nuketown. Didn't they bring that back? They brought it back. Yeah. Because so well, many people what the freaked hell were out. They thinking? Yeah. Well, the implication was that they did double, they had a double XP weekend for the opening week. It's... And then it was like, it was, so it was like a special thing. But for, they said nothing you, about that. You, you can't just decide. Or maybe they did say something somewhere, but they you did not make it open me. enough. Even, even if it's quote unquote just a pre-order that's the reason i even because yeah. i don't care about black ops or, or call of duty that much but just the idea that a major publisher would have this dlc yeah that you would think that you've well you know i think some bundles you got this if you uh regardless if you pre-ordered or not you would spend extra money like on the collector's edition or something like that so some people were paying extra money for this map yeah and the fact that a publisher could pull this right up that dlc right from beneath your uh, feet yeah without warning like, that's, yeah, fuck, man, that's was... another reason to be really iffy about DLC shit. Yeah. Yeah. It is not a smart choice. And frankly, granted, I would not, but I would not be inclined to buy any of the other maps, because what the fuck else are they going to do? Mm-hmm. 
Um, Peter Molyneux had a bit of a big breakdown and cried during an interview with Rock Paper Shotgun about some of the technical issues his iOS game Curiosity has been having. See, I haven't even heard about any of this. Uh, and his tendency to not deliver on outlandish promises when promoting his games may hurt the chances for the Kickstarter of his new god game, Goddess, to succeed. Godus or something like that? Godus. Yeah. It's G-O-D-U-S. Well, I, presumed, I presumed it was Goddess, like Populous God. Oh, I didn't think about that. Yeah, that's probably what it is, yeah. Yeah. How is that doing, by the way? What, the Kickstarter? Yeah. So yeah, poor guy, Peter Molyneux, the 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 curiosity thing, the servers were largely down because I hadn't even were heard about that because I heard people uh, talking about they were playing it, but I didn't realize it was having all kinds of technical issues. Yeah, you couldn't connect because there were so many people trying to do it. And what sucks is that by the time they get all their servers off, people are going to be falling off and not playing it anymore. So I guess, I guess he like actually broke down and kind of cried. He was under so much stress about like uh, curiosity falling apart, maybe the Kickstarter. He was really worried about how this might negatively impact the Kickstarter. Um, he's, you know, he's, God bless him, he, he quit corporate, and he went, he went on his own, and, uh, you know, that's gotta be scary. Uh, Goddess has 26 days to go, it's raised 130,000 pounds out of, uh, 450,000 pounds it needs. So it's about a quarter of the way there, and it's only, it seems like it's only been up for a week, so if they keep on going at this rate, they'll make it. Yeah. But... Yeah, I mean, it's 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 really sad to see a guy like that whose reputation for over-promising and under-delivering really come back to bite him in the ass and scare him when he needs support from his fan base the most. Yeah. Being an indie developer like this, you yeah. know. Well, the whole curiosity thing, I keep wondering how long that's going to last. Yeah. Because it's neat. It was really funny because when it came out, I downloaded it on my Touch, and my wife and I have the same uh, iTunes account across both. So it automatically downloaded to her iPad, and uh, I didn't really talk to her about it. I just downloaded it. I played it for all about maybe two minutes. Yeah. And then I never opened it again. Well, I look over at Foley one day and she's just feverishly tapping an iPad. And I look at her and I'm like, what are you doing? She's like, I'm playing this, I'm playing this curiosity <laughs> game. And I talked to her about it a little bit. And she goes, you know, she's, I tell her, you know, that the whole thing is that you, everybody's just chipping away. And only one person will see the center. But she goes, yeah, me. <laughs> she just starts tapping at it some more. I love that woman. I would have played it, but it doesn't work on my old iPad. Aww. My iPad's old enough that like most new games that come out barely work on Bill, it. Bill, there's big cube. There are a bunch of little block pixels on it. That's if you tap, the pixel goes away, and that's it. Sounds amazing. Yeah, it's a, but it's it's what it's kind of needs. People are like carving things into it. Yeah. Like he's just. Uh, supposedly, I've, I've heard that uh, Peter Molyneux asked that whoever gets to the middle that the, he they they not try to sell. The secret of whatever it is, or oh, like whatever totally it's going to be, or yeah, that's more of a, that's an interesting sociological experiment. It's, right there, so, but... Bill, is it going to be Peter Molyneux's wiener? It's going to. What be... else could it be? It's going to be your dog from Fable Two. <laughs> it's no lie. Oh, he's out of the screen I would cry. Oh, yeah! it's a tree. It'll actually just be his script for Fable Three that never got produced. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, in other news, Kevin Cla- Cla- Clash officially resigned from Sesame Street this week. I, I'm wondering, I, I keep on wondering if we're going to hear him, put, like, hear about him putting a bullet in his brain sooner than later, because this yeah. is a fucked up situation. Well, and you know, when I, when you watch, uh, what is it, Being Elmo, yeah. the whole time I was watching that, I'm like, this dude, it is weird that they made a documentary about this guy, because for, docu- for most documentaries about a people, about a person, you learn a lot about that person. That whole movie, you learn next, you know about, a lot about his work life, you learn about his childhood, you learn nothing about his you personal about life. You learn about his parents a little well, bit. But you learn nothing about his personal life. At some point, like, he mentioned... puppets when he was a kid, and that's He has it, a yeah. kid, and he has an ex-wife. And you're like, and they just mention it casually, oh, his ex-wife. And you're like, what? 
Because there's all this, like, unsaid shit about his whole life. And I, as I was watching that, I wondered. I'm like, I wonder if he's gay. Yeah. You don't want to say that just because he's, he's a guy playing with puppets. But well, no. Just but, because but he's being so guarded, there's something going yeah. on there. This I documentary. mean, when you are a pub, when you're a man and, and you are in a public eye associated with children, you can't be gay. More Kevin conflicted. So what you're saying is that if he had played Fallout 2 when he was younger... If only. No. The dude... This is Bill Speak again. The dude he diddled... Also, Bill Speak. Also recanted recanting the allegations. Oh, I didn't know about that. Oh, yeah. No. That started this whole kerfuffle in the first place after TMZ outed him as a... Outed the guy as a serial crazy person who seems to have made a living from grifting high-powered dudes in the entertainment industry. So wait, the dude who accused him has done this before with yeah, other Yeah, supposedly he robbed... Like, he's he's... He's, I suppose he's got a rap sheet a mile long. Supposedly he, like, robbed somebody at knife point of, like, $250,000 in gems? Like, supposedly this guy just sleeps with, like, Holly, high-power Hollywood dudes, blackmails them. Aww. And so it sounds like Kevin Clash was his latest victim, but suddenly a second guy just suddenly came out mm. making similar accusations. Of course, this guy only came out with these accusations as soon as he realized how much attention this other the first guy was getting. Yeah. The first guy sounds like a fucking creep. And so it's just Kevin Clash. He just brought down the whole fucking world. And you know what? Head. When you watch Being Elmo, I, I feel so bad for that guy. Kevin yeah. Clash. He looks like a, a really sad man, and the only thing that brings him joy is puppeting. Yeah, and he, he's not gonna be able to do that again. It sucks. Yeah, and it sucks. Elmo was because the thing. whole he was point doing that for twenty years. Yeah, the whole point of that. And granted, it's the story that they tell. But like in Being Elmo, it's like he doesn't have he doesn't have a family anymore. Yeah. His family is Elmo. Like he's in one, and there's the whole climactic scene of his daughter's birthday. His daughter clearly barely knows the man that he is, and he does this whole. He's there. He's like Elmo. That's what I'm kind of worried that we're gonna wake up one of these days, not too long, not too long in the future, and find out that like he threw himself off a fucking bridge or this something. This poor guy. Yeah, because he seems like a nice guy. He's just gay. He's just, I mean, I can see why you would not like if you work for Sesame Street. I can see what you, what you just, regardless of what your gender. Or uh, sexual politics are, or whatever. You just don't want to bring it because that's not. Americans whatever. are weird about gay men having access to young children. Yeah. Between Boy Scouts Unless and you're priests, Catholic. people freak out about it. Yeah. They do. They do. It sucks. Especially when it sounds like the guys leveling these accusations are predators. It'd be another thing if, like, there was a legitimate. I mean, it sounds like you fucked these guys, or at least one of them. But it, but if it sounded like there was any actual chance that this guy was any kind of a real predator, he's he's very clearly not a, or excuse me, but I mean it seems like he is not like a like a exactly yeah, he's, he's not a molester you, you or could, anything. He's just, it's not watch your kids watch your wife. Yeah, no, it's, it's yeah, it's just sad. Well, anyway. Another news: Warner Brothers posted most of the old Fleischer Brothers Superman cartoons to YouTube this week. Really, Warner Brothers did it? Yeah, they're they're all officially up there. Huh? So YouTube is doing like some sort of crazy original content initiative. Have you noticed this? Yeah, there's a well, at getting uh, content providers to actually publish like stuff like legitimately just up say, hey, it's up on YouTube, which is smart because if if YouTube is becoming like the default video place online, yeah. not of just people like here's my dog taking a shit in the backyard isn't funny, but yeah. of just video content. Yeah. Regardless if it's... Which they're smart because, you know, it's... It, they were pretty much first and Granted, best. Superman best cartoons aren't, like, But the this most is, but demand. like, Bravest Warriors yeah. and, like, all, like, other things. Like, it's, like, there's been, like, this whole movement of actual content on YouTube, which they're smart to cover their asses because, mm-hmm. you know, the whole movie thing didn't really take off. Bless them. Though they're still trying. Like, they... I wonder if this is also... Oh, this is also... This has also got to be partly a little bit tiny drop of a bit of promotion for the new Superman movie that comes out next time. I keep forgetting that's gonna happen. I know. 
<laughs> so they're trying to, and like they they gotta know that only two people care about these old Fleischer Brothers cartoons like exactly. us but, it, but they're probably hoping that like we'll get nostalgic enough for like these cartoons that we never grew up watching yeah. exactly. to be like yay they're hoping that's a Sky Captain thing where we're like yay we're like 19 old 30 stuff we'll go pay money to why see did you have to bullshit. say the word Sky, Sky Captain Captain I'm gonna go to the next note before I start crying Hugh Laurie may star as Blackbeard in an NBC TV drama about pirates called Crossbones yeah. what <laughs> Finally, Bill notes we're living clo- we're a cl- bit closer to living in a pirate themed Watchmen world. Oh yeah, Crossbones. Why has there never been a pirate TV show? That's so so. Aside from the budget, like you have to go out and build boats, and the special effects would be uh, cost prohibitive. Why is why there, there why is there a pirate TV, TV show now and not five years ago? That's my Wait, question. What happened five years ago? Pirates you mean, Caribbean. That's what I'm saying. The whole goddamn pirate thing. Somebody... So the question be, especially with the word drama, is this a Downton Abbey response? <laughs> Is it gonna be like <laughs> Downton Arby's? <laughs> it's actually a bunch of pirate. It's post-apocalyptic. They really love roast beef. <laughs> it's about a, it's about an Arby's franchise that got I'm knocked sorry, off. A pirate <laughs> drama? What is the drama? Uh, it's like you drank my rum, also, you raped my woman. I'm gonna chop off your fingers and kill you. It's about Blackbeard and Teach who like he took a bride when she was like twelve. And like fucked up the Carolinas, got his head chopped off. I don't know what. Wait, what? <laughs> you never heard about Blackbeard's a history? A bribe when she was twelve. That's what no, he said. No, he had his his, his oh, wife. Oh, a bribe. He took a bribe when he was twelve. He was like, <laughs> I was really confused. I dare you to be well, a pirate. And Blackbeard, Blackbeard's origin story is that he Blackbeard used to be doesn't... part of the Westminster yeah. dog kennel, and he took a bribe <laughs> to look the other way when this dog had like really weird big balls. And he. <laughs> And he got busted. No, and then the dogs. I'm trying to make a joke about bones and dog bones and crossbones. I'm very tired. I don't feel good. I didn't hear about this. This is amazing. You know what? I hear if that he if he needs a parrot that sounds like Elmo. Oh, that it. you know that talent comes cheap these days. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, Hugh Laurie. I love that Hugh Laurie spent Anything like the first twenty five years of his career being a goofy fop, and now the back end has turned into a grumpy ass motherfucker. Completely. Yeah, now they want him to play another grumpy ass. It's amazing. It's yeah. So good. At least he is House not on TV anymore? No, that got canceled like last okay. year. Okay. No, that's what I'm saying. He's, he's, he's he shits freed up. I love Hugh Laurie. Only if Stephen Fry can show up as like the governor of Massachusetts or something. Oh my. God. God, you in know, a wig. No, he would have to be like, they would have to be like another pirate buddy. Like, we haven't seen no, 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 no. I got it. Kate Beaton's nemesis. <laughs> you know, in pirate nemesis, he can be Stephen Fry. Is he Lord's nemesis? Oh my god! I would watch that so hard. You need to send that letter to NBC. Oh god! And oh. the internet will fund it because they'll click on it. They'll still find a way to put Maggie Smith's character from Down Abbey in this too. She'll just like just show up as her own pirate captain. That'll there be are lady pirates. Story. I'm just saying. Uh, Old out, ass. You'll find out that her character on, on Down Abbey is secretly 300 years old. <laughs> She's a vampire. Just like oh uh, Kenneth God. on 30 Rock. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The Tolkien estate um, is suing the producers of The Hobbit for allowing Hobbit-themed online slot machines to be produced. <laughs> yeah. That's wow! A, I, I didn't read into the story. That is a hell of a sentence. You don't need to read yeah, into it anymore. Like, oh, dude, we've objected the Denny's, like, like how they fucked up the Denny's licensing deal. That they I don't can have understand. Second breakfast. I can understand drawing the line there. I'm glad to see that. I mean, unless this is some kind of power play, and the Tolkien's are just using it as an excuse to get more money. I don't know. Picking on slot machines. Slot machines. That sounds shady, though. You should be making hobbit slot machines. Any kind of slot machines. It's not like we're worried about. Don't machines. you besmirch the name of Bilbo Baggins? 
with your slot machines. No, if, if someone turned one of my properties into a slot machine, I would feel gross that's about it, too. Because that's... Then you're getting into feeding gambling addiction and everything. Yeah. And... I think this may be online slot machines. Oh, that's true. Yeah. You did say online slot but machines. But still, a slot machine. Which still. Even, that's even worse for addiction, because that's a slot machine you don't have to put on pants on to play. You know? <laughs> uh, Disney is cock-blocking the production... The publication of a Ward Kimball biography um, written by Not animation... Not no call. We have a history of confusing the two. That's right. It written by animation historian Amid Amidi. Amidi, I think, yeah. With the forward by Brad Bird because it doesn't hew closely enough to the Disney company's quote approved narrative unquote about Kimball's life. Yeah, which is weird huh. that they can. Uh, I mean, of course, Disney's going to be really protective of like Walt Disney's life and mm-hmm. life story, the which week... makes you wonder what do they talk about in there? Ward Kimball. Yeah, yeah. specifically the uh, Amidi Amidi on his post on Cartoon Brew says that like. Even details about uh, Ward Kimball's childhood when he was 11, Disney's like, we don't want to talk. Really? And it doesn't sound like, it doesn't sound like there's any, anything really lascivious. It's just, it's just, Disney just doesn't want anything out there that really, they, they just, they just don't want a book about anybody that they can't control. Huh. Because well, it's, it's what, not like there's a suggestion degree... like maybe he was a gay Batman when he was 11. <laughs> I don't think there's anything door-busting about his past that they're really going to reveal. Maybe he had a couple divorces or something they don't want to bring about. Is it Maybe... just that he can't You talk about Disney? I think it's that, like they won't allow him to use any kind of like artwork or anything that like, he can't the show Disney any of the artwork owns. he ever did. Yeah. He, pretty, he pretty much spent like the best years of his life working at Disney. Yeah. So they like, I don't know what they can talk about at that point. Because I'm sure they could publish this without Disney's approval. God knows people have done yeah. that with books before. Huh. But I wonder if they, they're... I mean, because th- this this book has legs. Like I said, Brad Bird worth worth a forward. This is by Amita Meaty, who is the guy who uh, who uh, is the editor of Cartoon Brew, which is the the internet's big animation blog online. So mm-hmm. it's not like this guy is some fly by night shuckster who's just trying to do a smear job on Ward Kimball. The guy knows what he's talking about. He's written a shitload of animation history books, and uh, and like all these other people have written. Like this guy's gotten a shitload of crazy pull quotes from other Hollywood talent about how great this book is and stuff. But it sounds like he's he finished this book a year ago. It's just he spent hmm. the last year wrestling with Disney over the rights to try to get this book put out weird. with the content that he wants to have in the book. It's Disney's... weird that 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 Disney let Waking Sleeping Beauty go out that's in the theaters, same, but, but then, this can't get published. That's what I was wondering. Unless, I mean, you can put out the book without if if it's just an artwork issue, then put out the book. We don't need more. If you need artwork... People are dumb, Bill. You can't put out a book without pictures. In the, in the part of the book where it's going to have a picture of Ward Kimball art, you just type in Google War- this picture drawn by... Uh, turn, turn on auto... Turn on, turn on safety shit. Google this shit. Insert the search terms. That's all you need to know. Come on. Jesus. Dude, you can't have a book about an artist and not include their art. I know, People that's the thing. So that's probably what it I was imagining. It. That's what's holding up. Yeah, you that's know. crazy. Maybe he had sex with Milk Call. Maybe it's like some <laughs> kind of weird nine old men were in the nine old men. It was like the human oh. centipede of Hollywood animation. I'm going to go to the next point. This is the most <laughs> important news from this week, and I'm glad Bill put it last because yeah. it merits dwelling on finally. On Wednesday, Maria Bamford will release a $5 comedy anti-special filmed in her living room. Did, have you heard the details of this? No. It's a comedy special, and she performed it before a live audience of her parents. Her parents are the audience. That's why it's going to be great. It's going to be great. And did you hear? This is going to be fun to watch. Or you're going to want to shoot yourself. It's going to be amazing. Is this her living room? Maria Bamford is al- adorable. A lot of her shtick involves her family. Yeah. So this is will be great. Her so the first time her there. family is included. But you missed part of the joke. It's actually not five dollars. It's four ninety nine. It's a special. It's a, <laughs> it's part of her joke. <laughs> it's a 
spirit. It's, it's a special. I can special. imagine. Isn't her parents' house like this? Really kind of like. Isn't it like in Wisconsin? I, yeah, I think and so. And it looks like it looks like an old parents' house where it's all got like doilies <laughs> yep. and shit. And... Yep. It's gonna be amazing. Oh. I love Maria Bamford. Is she back living with her folks? Because I know she had a breakdown. I don't know. She's actually. had a couple breakdowns. One of her breakdowns, she like was she was broadcasting the Maria Bamford show from her parents' house, right? Uh, uh, her YouTube. Video I don't know if show. it was actually from her parents' house or if the joke was just. Or jo- from yeah, her exactly. House. But then her dog died, and yeah, Ooh, Maria Bamford is great. I think we talked about her in the past, but just in case we haven't, Maria Bamford is amazing. Her co- her stand up is great. Well worth seeking out. Google the Maria Bamford show. She talks about mental illness in a way that is entertaining and really gratifying. On Twitter, I keep on tweeting at her. Are, are you going to replace Elmo? Are you going to replace Elmo? Please, for the love of Christ, replace Elmo. She has an amazing voice. She does a lot of voices on Adventure Time. She does all. She does really. Oh, that's the other thing. I forgot. I got the Adventure Time game for the 3DS this week. What do you think of it, Bill? There, it's supposedly the game is only four to five hours long. Yeah, I was gonna say. Are so you it's done yet? a role playing game. That's fine if it's a Mario game, but. I've only played an hour, and I've already uh, completed 17% of the game. Oh, really? Yeah. It's cute, though. It's side-scrolling. It's just like Zelda 2, where it's top... Like, the overworld, it's top-down. Mm-hmm. Even the fact that they stole little black monster silhouettes so we could attack you in the overworld. Oh, and yeah. When you get attacked, it goes to a side-scrolling thing where you can yeah. hit people with your sword. That's awesome. But it's it's fine. But it's, like... I'm kind of bummed there's not more voice acting in the game. Yeah. Uh, but, you like, when you run up the run a lumpy space princess for the first time she'll be like oh my god but then the rest is all just text but it's got great animation it's funny to see adventure time like in a 3d format where, yeah. like the backgrounds are all separated on the different planes and the animation is really nice yeah and yeah just a really tiny game it's really short Aww. but it's funny and the animation is good but yeah no, maria bamford got me thinking about that maria bamford she's so great you. maria bamford is amazing she is when uh she is the sean connery of the people who voiced hot dog princess <laughs> She has defined that role. Oh, pretty much. Um, Hot Dog Princess is actually my favorite character, I think. She's my favorite princess. Anything it's voiced by dumb... Maria Manford on the... A, it's voiced by Maria Manford. B, it's Hot Dog Princess. You do, you do, you do have... Hot Dog Princess. One of the first missions in the game is Hot Dog Princess sending you off to a dungeon to save one of her hot dog soldiers. <laughs> hot dog soldiers. God damn. So that is this week's Boy Howdy. It, all 18 hours of it. Friends, as always, we're boyhattypodcast.com, at boyhattypodcast on Twitter, howdy at boyhattypodcast.com. You can email us your thoughts and feelings and any cold medication that you can send through the internet tubes. Tune in next week for what will presumably be our Walking Dead spoiler cast. I'm going to go home and beat it right now if my wife is not dead. Yeah, because the last episode's actually pretty short. It's, yeah. And you're already halfway through episode four. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, shit is about to get down, go down and crop. I'm just saying keep your hair cut short. So there's a bit in this game where the little girl is like, oh, I gotta prepare my, you know, you have to get the car- girl's hair so you don't, um, get it's not grabbable. Zombies, yeah. I like to think it was Haywire. I'm like, is she gonna get her cornrows now? It'd be amazing. Oh, you forgot the other piece of news is, is Gina Carano and this The Rock. This isn't news. This has been known for a while. Oh, okay. Gina Carano and The Rock are gonna be in the next I'm just saying Gina Carano and The Rock are gonna be playing Lee and Clementine in The Walking Dead. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be the best video game adaptation of all time. Friends, see you next week, y'all.
Call me back. 